Welcome to episode Welcome. number 73 of About the Cards podcast live tonight on YouTube. As always with me, my host, Stefan Lothar, Edge of Wex Twins. Oh, hi. Ben Wilson at our trading cards. And I'm Tim Shepler at Big Shep 79. We are podcast by collectors for collectors. Hoping to bring you a smart, insightful podcast discussing trading card collecting. Uh, we're live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific. 10 Central, 11 Eastern. On YouTube, uh, Periscope, Facebook Live, you can always follow us on Twitter at About the Cards. We have a podcast version everywhere. Check out the website about the cards.wordpress.com. Find us on Flick Chat. Oh, hang out there. And a, a quick shout out. I saw somebody was in the chat, but to, to Shane, our buddy, a uh, good friend of the show and listener, uh, an awesome follow on Twitter at, at Sports Mania Card. Uh, a little under the weather, so get, get well. Uh, I'm glad you could hang out with us tonight. And uh, good to have you with us, and hope we'll have some fun. As you can see, we have a special guest tonight. It's Dub, Dub Mentality. Joey's with us tonight. What's up, Dub? How are we doing? Hey, guys. Good, man. Glad glad to be here. I always appreciate uh, you guys having me on. Well, we, we love it, and I know it's it's late for you, but we appreciate you hanging out with us tonight and, uh, and having some fun. So hopefully uh, uh, talk a little about So, Dub, give us a quick background. For those that uh, are living under a rock, and they don't know who you are because you're, I mean, you're pretty famous. Um, you, you're a freelance writer for Beckett Media. You also are a contributor for Dawn of the Dog, which uh, is for the, I'm assuming the Georgia Bulldogs, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a fans, it's a, it's a fan sided, uh, the, the, the website fan sided. Mm -hmm. It's a, uh, it's the Georgia Bulldog arm of that. Uh, Roll Tide. Hmm? Roll Tide. <laughs> Uh, and uh, you also have an awesome blog, dubmentality.com, uh, right? Yes, sir. You had a, um, your most recent post was about 2019 Tops Holiday. Yes, sir. Nice. We, um, I've been I've been uh, blogging now for about I guess going on three and a half years. So um, mostly cards there, but uh, I do talk about some other things, college football, uh, family stuff, just various things. So I mean, it's it's if if I I'm so. I stay pretty busy now writing, and which is a good thing. And so I'm, I'm I'm a little less frequent on the blog, but I do still get as much as I can on there uh, because it's it's where I can write the way I want to write. I'm not under any guidelines or word limits or anything like that. So I, I'm I'm able to kind of do my own thing there. So I still try to still try to put put stuff out there as much as I can. And, and Tops Holiday just came out. It's a set that I kind of enjoy opening with the kids. So I figured I'd I'd pop a little post up there. Yeah, and I also yeah. had, you know, this year it had some of the most, I think, with those little uh, short prints and variations they had with, like, the snowballs or the team yeah. logos as, as ornaments and stuff like that, snow hats, was a cool update. Yes, it's really cool. I, I think it's pretty neat. I mean, it, the set is what it is. I mean, you're not you're not buying it to uh, to compete with, with Tier 1 or anything like that, it's, but it's, it's, a, it's a retail exclusive. You can pick it up cheap. And they're they're pretty fun. I open I've, I've opened a few mega boxes. I opened one that had three variations in it: a rare, oh, nice. a super rare, and a mega super rare, whatever they're called. Um, but they're always pretty cool. And I let the kids open them, and I let them look at the cards and tell me if they see something odd. Of course, you got the little code on the back you can always read. But um, I thought this year's set was pretty good. I'm, I've always been a border guy, 
So uh, that, having that green border yeah. with the holly and things, that to me, I, I like that better than the, the typical snowflakes. Yeah, I mean, and outside of like Independence Day, maybe one of their best parallels they do, and in particular this year, uh, maybe the best parallel they did this year. Yeah. Well, the only snowflake we like on the show is Ben. So, boom, <laughs> roasted me. You know, I was uh, gonna say, you know, since we're talking about Joey's, you know, writing and everything on his Facebook page, just before I come on the show, he's on there with our friend Jason, along with making out together over Sid Bream. In the 1990 whatever World Series, and they're over there, just like two little schoolgirls, all excited. Sid Bream, this Sid Bream, that. And I'm like, at what century are we living in? That happened last century. I mean, well, listen, speaking of Ben, I got uh, Ben sent me some cards last week. Uh, one of them was the, the yellow, uh, tops update yellow Josh Donaldson from uh, Walgreens. And uh, so I had a stack of Braves on my table and I, before the show, I was just kind of sorting those and putting them in the boxes. And I started finding as I'm sorting and putting them in alphabetical order, all these neat cards and Bream and Cabrera are right there together. So uh, I had to take a picture of those guys. Well, and we're going to put, we're going to put a block on a few words tonight that we cannot say. I'm going to say them now, but the only time they're going to be mentioned tonight, Ron Gant, Ron Gant, Ken Herbeck. Okay. <laughs> I, right. I never say the second one anyways. That's good. I don't I don't utter that one. I mean I was gonna ask if his pile fell over. I pushed it over and then, you know, told my wife no it fell over on its own. The, the, mm-hmm. the, having the two of you guys on talking about Herbeck and Gant and, and the twins and Braves of the nineties is like a good old Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Royal Rumble. I mean, aren't you a big back... Mark McGuire guy? I am. I mean, let's not act like you're in 2019. Come on. <laughs> you're right. I, I'm still stuck between 85 and 87, so I'm not. I, that's that's what I love about you. I, mean, I was Tony like, you know, Hedford was good. I'm like, I on this show, I'm like a good C minus. I was like, we need to have a guest that's right there with me. Right. And the guys are like, all of our guys are like A plus and above. And I'm like, let's get Joey. Hey, I kind of even out. I, I, I allow the curve to come in. You bring a D in, you guys start on the curve. Guys like us are the reason the curve was made. Right. Then you have a lot of curves, my friends. Um, well, you're dang right. Tim is intimately familiar with those. Oh, yes. Uh, so I want to get into it. You're, you're a big Georgia football guy, and they've been pretty good in football uh, you know, for a long long while. I mean, there were some, some dark, not super dark periods, but not the best periods. But uh, let's talk a little bit about just some, some of your favorite players from the past and present. Bulldogs and, and some guys in the NFL that, that you keep your eyes on that uh, on Sunday you're pulling for. Yeah, there were there were some really lean years during the 90s when I was college age and going to games and, and stuff. But even though the, the years were lean, we had guys like Champ Bailey who graduated the same year I did in high school. Heinz Ward was there in the 90s. Um, you know, those two guys are really my favorite 90s guys to collect. And um, – Champ Bailey's probably, besides Herschel, Herschel's an automatic, but besides Herschel, Champ's probably my favorite um, Bulldog. Um, we actually, our high school team uh, lost to him in the playoffs when he was a senior, and I got to see him play, and, and he was just he was just unbelievable. But, um, you know, we got a lot of good guys in the pros right now that, um, you know, Roquan Smith with the Bears and Stafford's 95 years old, but he's still playing broken back and all. Um, you know, but 
there's a lot of guys that that have have kind of moved to the to the pros in the last few years that that I've collected pretty heavily with with Smith and Javon Williams at the Bears, uh, and you know I, I've I've I have probably the most cards I have would be Stafford and AJ Green, uh, just because of the I guess they're they're the biggest stars since you know 2000. But uh, I collect any and everybody from there. One of my favorite sets to open every year is the uh, Leaf All-American set because it's got uh, – fortunately for Georgia, they've had several good recruiting seasons, and, and so they've got five or six guys in that All-American game every year. So I kind of get a grab on those. I've got two from autographs um, from that set. Zamir White, a couple guys that are playing there now. But, um, you know – Terrell Davis is is obviously a, a Georgia favorite. Uh, he was he was uh, rather unknown in college. He he was not. You know, I think his best year in college he had 550 yards or so on the ground. Um, but you know we like to call ourselves RBU because of, of Terrell and and Garrison Hurst and Rodney Hampton, Herschel, Gurley, Chubb, Michelle, uh, DeAndre Swift is there now. I, I got you know he'll be another guy. That, that gets to play on Sundays uh, if he stays healthy. But um, we, we've churned out some running backs uh, pretty heavily over the years. And um, so those are, you know, those are some of my guys that I kind of focus on. But I, if, if, if you if you give me a card with a George Bulldog on it, I'll put it in a box. So That's all. Yeah, the, you know, and, and they probably have one of the most classic uniforms. One of my favorite teams to always play with, you know, when college NCAA football was out. You know, yeah. and you would you'd go pick, and, and we always try to pick a team that wasn't the best. And this was a you know you know guy when it first came out in the early two thousands, yeah. they were just kind of coming back a little bit uh, right. when Mark Richt got there. Uh, and that was always a fun team to play with between the hedges. Uh, what real we we talked about this uh, offline uh, or you know online, I guess, but in DMs a, a couple months back. But you know, with all of the quarterbacks that have come through there, so you had Jacob Eason, Eason who. Moved, there's a high school prospect out of Washington that goes to Georgia, the number one quarterback recruit. The following year, they get Fromm. And Eason gets hurt. Fromm takes over. He transfers back to Washington. Then they bring in um, – oh, God, the guy's name just fell on my head. Justin Fields, who's the number one quarterback, and doesn't doesn't get to play. And he ends up transferring to Ohio State. Um, you know, out of those three guys, who do you think has the best potential – uh, in the NFL, and, and are you happy that Fromm is the one that stuck? Well, you know, I, I would have been happy with any of the three guys sticking. Honestly, I, I do like Fromm um, a lot. He's he's local to me. He's he's from about an hour away from where I'm at. He plays. He played against our high school team here four years, um, so I got to see him. You know, he, he's he's kind of a local legend. I, I like Fromm. Eason had a obviously he's probably got the best arm of all of them. Um, he's got, you know, six, five, he, he's, you know, he was, he was really good for Georgia, but he, he, he was mo- a lot more like Stafford to me. He had the big arm, he'd throw it anywhere, but, but he, he turned it over a good, you know, a good bit when he was a freshman and, and part of his sophomore year. Um, I like Deason, uh, but I like Fromm's ability to, uh, I'm not comparing him by any means, but his, Drew Brees like ability under center to call to change plays at the line and, and kind of see things that he's supposed to see. But um, I would have loved to see Justin Fields, you know, get get a couple years at Georgia. And that was the plan was he was going to come in and 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 kind of 
redshirt, play a little bit his freshman year. And he even said at the beginning of the season, he says, I'm not coming here to play right away. But that kind of changed during the year. I think he wanted to play a little more. Um, I, I think it worked out best for everybody because I think Justin Fields is much more potent in that Ohio State offense than he would be at Georgia. That's just not our style. Um, we're not a four-receiver set, you know, run-and-gun type of team. Um, and so I think he's flourishing there. Um, and I think we're more you – know, our, our MO for years has been to just try to wear you down all game, just pound it at you, pound it at you, pound it at you, and then just just win in the second half. And that's – Fromm fits that perfectly. He he can throw. He's, he's you know, he's one of the best passers Georgia's had when you look at the numbers from a completion percentage, touchdown versus interceptions. Um, he's won he's – he's lost three games in his career. Um, it, it's – you know, he's done nothing to to – say that he was not the right choice. I think the way it worked out was, you know, I think Kirby Smart did everything he could do. Easton got hurt. Fromm came in. Fromm didn't lose a game. I mean, he would have come out, I'm sure, if he'd lost a game eventually, but he didn't lose a game until right before the end of the season um, and, and took us to a national championship as a freshman. So I think, you know, it worked out for Fromm. I think Easton's better in that Washington offense, and, and we're seeing clearly that Fields is kind of made for that Ohio State offense, you know, you saw Haskins, Cardell Jones, you know, those guys run that offense that, you know, Fields is a running passer. And um, I think I think everybody kind of worked out the way they're supposed to. Uh, but I would have loved to have seen, you know, I don't know what Fromm's going to do at the end of this year if he's going to go pro stay. I would have loved to have seen a year or two of Fields. But um, it's, it's one of those things, when you sign three five-stars, I mean, somebody's not going to be happy. Yeah, for um, sure. But I'm happy with Fromm. Uh, there are some guys, obviously, that, that wanted Fields. There's guys that wanted East. And you have within the fan base, you know, all these different different people that want different things. You know, we, you see Tua in Alabama. It's changed Alabama from what we were trying to be, the run, run, run team. And now they're just spread offense. You see what LSU is doing with Joe Burrow. Um that's just not us. And, and I mean, I'd like it to be eventually. But and, and Burrow left personally. Ohio State because Fields went there. Right. Or well, Burrow the Haskins there. thing, yeah, and then Fields and, and he ends up getting to play. You have three games left. Auburn looks like the biggest one. You're ranked fourth uh, in, the, in the playoffs. You think you guys have a good shot at the national title? War Eagle. I am, I am very concerned about Auburn. Um, it, it, yeah, we, we circle them every year. It's Florida and Auburn that are that are constants. We do have some other teams from the West that we play occasionally, um, but we play an all-east schedule, and then we play two teams from the West every year. And Auburn is one of those teams every year. And then we rotate Alabama, LSU. This year it's Texas A&M. But Auburn, uh, the way they kind of match up with us is their defensive line is is for real. Um, Derek Brown is a future first-round pick. Uh, defensive tackle um, their front seven is really good and and I, obviously our strength is running so we're gonna have to pass more this game uh, and not that we can't but you also need your offensive line to, to protect which we did against Florida but we lost three offensive linemen last week uh, during the game against Missouri two of them came back one of them was out we lost our center the backup center who was actually the starting right guard came in to play backup center he got hurt so we were on our third center, and then our starting right tackle got hurt uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, our starting wide receiver, Lawrence Cager, got hurt. Uh, 
in the second half. So, I mean, we, we really got banged up. And Auburn had a bye this week. So, Auburn's coming in off of two weeks of, of kind of getting healthy. Um, Gus Malzahn, I saw some stats. Gus Malzahn's like 7-0 and coming off of a bye um, in the last two, three years. So, I mean, it's going to be tough. Playing at Auburn is really tough. I mean, it's one of the toughest places to play. I think if you, you, you told me LSU and Auburn, would, you know, that's probably the two toughest places to play. Um, so, you know, I think we're a two-and-a-half-point favorite right now, but I, it's – it's a t- it's the tough one. If if we win this one, you know, obviously we go to the uh, SEC championship, and we would be looking at probably LSU there. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's a tough road for us. You know, we've already lost a game, and uh, that's tough. We could win out and get into the playoffs, but that means we've got to beat Auburn, Texas A and M, and LSU um, three of the next four games. So that's gonna be tough. Um, unfortunately for for Georgia fans, anything less. And going to the playoffs is is a disappointment because we were there two years ago, and everybody thinks we should be there every year. Um, I'm a a little bit more realistic. Um, I've not seen this team so far just blow me away. Um, They did in 17 when Chubb and and Michelle were there and Fromm was a freshman. There were a couple games that was like we could beat anybody who has stepped on the field that day. Um, But I've not seen that this year. We've won some close games. We, We beat Florida. Um, we beat Notre Dame, had to hold them at the end. So, but we have not dominated anybody in my mind. So um, it's it's going to be a fun game. But uh, Auburn, Auburn probably um, – I think we match up better with LSU than we do Auburn because our, our pass defense is, is one or two in the country. But um, this is a tough one, and I'm, I'm thinking about it every day. Yeah, as being an outsider, these are the games I love to, to watch, you know, Seeing yeah. two great teams go up, and then you could see all the the future NFL talent. Well, let's hop into it. The week that was last week's release, as we had Tops Living Week eighty seven, Card two fifty seven, Sean Doolittle of the Washington Nationals, and Card two fifty eight, Michael Kopech, rookie pitcher of the Chicago White Sox. Uh, no numbers were updated, but you can always check out at Tops Living Stat for a full breakdown of where these cards fall, respectively, in the set and by position and by team. Uh, Steph showing them there. Um, and so we, we said the Doolittle is probably one of the best-looking cards. So I'll be interested to see where that went. Copage kind of interesting picture selection. Uh, we also had 2019 Top Stranger Things. Welcome to the Upside Down. Uh, 1920 NBA Hoops drop. 19, uh, 2019 Top Dynasty Baseball. 2019 Panini Prison Draft Picks Collegiate Baseball. 1920 Upper Deck Series 1. And 1819 Panini Flawless Basketball. As we hop in the presses, hot off the presses this week's new release, Tops Living Week 88, card 259, Thurman Munson, catcher of the New York Yankees, and card 260, John Duplantia, pitcher, rookie pitcher of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And it doesn't look like he's wearing his glasses there. It does have the frames, but uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, I guess so. The George Costanza. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Munson looks pretty cool. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, they did the card of Munson. It's like the umpteenth Yankee they've done, though. And I know Ben's all over it because he loves the the old guys. But that stash just says 70s New York. Right? should probably share it, though. Yeah, it's a great card. And, yeah, the Yankees, of course, are going to be overrepresented in this this set. But I'm glad Munson got one. It's a good-looking card. Uh, Also, 2019 Topps High-Tech Baseball. Uh, comes out this week, $127 a box, three car, three packs per box, six cards per pack. 
You're going to get uh, three autos, three blue parallels, and three white parallels. It's a 112-card base set. So back in the day, the last few years, you've had to have some kind of a secret code to decipher um, all of the designs and the patterns and all this. So the last couple of years, it's been a, a this has been released as a large single-pack box, but now it's just the three-packs. And according to Tops this year, High Tech has three base designs, each with their own patterns and parallels. Brian Cracknell is going to be the man to follow on this because he's doing tons of research to make sure we can understand what is going on with, with uh, high tech. Uh, there's also te uh, tech buyback autographs numbered out of 10, and these are players from the original Topps Tech card set. They bought back and had autographed. Uh, there are no base rookie cards of some very collected players, currently rookies. Ludgero Jr., Pete Alonzo, Tatis Jr., and Eloy Jimenez have, do, do not have rookie card base cards. They do have autographs in some of the subsets there, so but they won't have any base rookie cards. It looked like a lot of the rookie cards were guys that were rookies in Series 1, like Cedric Mullins, Christian Stewart, Kopich was one, um, Justice Sheffield, uh, Kikuchi, Rowdy Tellez, uh, Danny Jansen. So a lot of the guys we saw early in the season, all these guys have come back with Tiki Toussaint, have, uh, have rookie cards in there, so but none uh, of the and guys that might be the one good <clears throat> might might be the one leading rookie card of the set. Uh, Who is that? Urias. Urias. Yeah, Urias of the Padres. Yep. I looked through that and the rookie cards were a little uh a little lackluster if you're looking for a base rookie card. But uh, the autograph sets were were there with those guys. Ben, how do you what's your feeling on tech? Trying to run down all these yeah. Oakland A's and parallels and I, I've loved tech in the past, but I, I, I hadn't really been up to speed on this particular release. And I asked Ryan, and I think Steph jumped in. You know, the, the easiest thing in years past would have been to label the difference between parallels because it's so frustrating as a collector when you go to a place like, say, Sport Lots, where, you know, a, a seller is just blindly listing it as this or that, or if, if pictures aren't aren't as clear on eBay. It's tough to tell the difference between some of these parallels. So uh, Ryan said it's not as necessary this year. And now that I've seen a couple of the designs, it's probably not as, as necessary, but in years past, it's been just a unmitigated disaster trying to decipher, you know, sure. Circle is different than, than lightning, but lightning versus lines. And, and some of the names of these parallels have just been stupid. And so, really would have been easy for him to be labeled a little bit better in years past. And I think that's really the frustrating part. I like the acetate look. So for me, high tech's always been kind of a personal favorite. No, you know, I like some of the fun designs that they have. What's up? Yeah. The, the designs are nice and uh, the, the acetate is definitely a nice touch, but I wish they would go back to clearly about to sneeze. Sorry. Thanks for not sneezing in the mic and yelling, Angela. Indeed. Uh, but hey, Angela, can you grab me a tissue? No. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but 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 I wish they'd bring back the clear marking of, hey, this is pattern one, pattern yep. 94, 63, whatnot. Because then you wouldn't have the issue that Ben has where if someone doesn't have the proper scanner technology, you're not getting a clear shot of, hey, this is diamond or this is thunder or this is lines. It's just like Bowman Chrome and refractors or, or anything. Um, you know, now Heritage has gotten so much better listing action parallels or, or throwback parallels 
just listed on the card. You know, I mean, yeah, Tops has done a much better job in recent years of, especially you know, inherited, uh, of identifying the codes at the bottom of the cards. But for people that have eyes that are starting to go as we get older in life, it's nice to ha- flip it over and you can see that it says action on it. It, it, it. For the casual collector that might come across open one of these, especially if, if a product is released and retail via blasters, you might not have access to knowing the difference in codes. So if it clearly states, hey, this is a refractor, this is an action parallel, this is the lightning parallel. It's not like, you know, Panini Prism where the front is drastically different. We can all tell the difference between blue and red and neon circles and snakeskin. Well, well, most people, unless they're colorblind. Well, then you got another problem. Yeah. No, anyway, it's just, it just, I think there should, you, you shouldn't have to have some special code to decipher uh, what it is. Right. I mean, you shouldn't need a microwave, micro, uh, scope. Uh, scope. Thank Pretty you. Cool microscope. You'll be able to see it. Tighten the microwave. That Texas education is really showing off. Um, Actually, it's probably the Alabama. (laughs) Yeah, I I get real quick, real quick on this thought though. I get that it's fun for us as collectors to chase certain parallels and to look through it. Just like Dub was saying earlier, you know, having the kids open it and saying, "Hey, can you find find me something different in the holiday?" Even if they're clearly marked, you're still going to have to turn the cards over and look. You're still going to have that feeling of a chase. It's just not going to be nearly as uh, frustrating, challenging. You know, my, my thought on, on that is, is I think personally the, the car, the, the sets that should have those chases in them are sets that, that may not be as, as, I mean, tech is like, it's acetate. It's these clear cards. It's these fun designs. Um, you don't have to add in this extra element of having these, short print variations the set kind of stands on its own to me there's some sets that that have to be propped up a little bit with the variations and and things like that and i think you know for me tech has always been a set that i'm I'm fine with just you know what they have you know but sure that you know that's me like a good looking card we've talked about that in the past does every set every release need umpteen parallels obviously Does that, every of them need short prints and super short prints can't you just release something that has what it is it's like and, a net it's like a, it's like a beautiful car right this car rolls off the production line and it's a it's a gorgeous car so like a 69 mustang or 69 camaro rolls off and it looks perfect and then you go out back you didn't yeah you got you then you, what you do is you roll out and then you put on these you know gaudy gold rims on it and you start trimming it out and you change the beauty of the product. And that's really kind of what I believe these does to, to tech. And it makes it to me like, yeah, a pass because they've done stuff to it. It's like, well, I don't want to sit here and have to have, you know, a list of things and go through and try to figure this out. Like just, I want to collect the cards. I, I like them because they look good. You know, it, it's not flagship, you know, it, where you those parallels or those, um, you know, short prints or the super short prints kind of add that extra element to it. Um, this one doesn't need it. I think they're trying too hard. So you mean you don't want the body kit and the th- uh, three-foot-tall spoiler on your 2003 Dodge Neon? No. No, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we also have two, 2019 
20 or 2019-2020 Panini Certified Basketball coming out today. $190 a box, 10 packs per box, five cards per pack. You're going to get one freshman fabric signature, one additional autograph, 10 parallels, eight additional inserts. The 200-card base set. The checklist is out there. Uh, pillar, a uh, pillar of the set is the freshman fabric signature cards. That's what everybody's looking for. What this set's really known for. Rookie roll call uh, is the rookie cards with ink, and they're on card. They also have parallels with multiple players, which is really nice. And they also have a few uh, legends auto sets as well. You saw the net there. You see Julius Irving. You see David Robinson, uh, which is pretty cool. So uh, a new, you know, certified, you know, certified would be awesome to collect, right? You might see I like this certified. They, they have not later. changed their design in two years, three years, but I, I like certified. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's a, for me, it's a fun product to open. Yeah. I, like I just like the certified thing. logo. It looks nice. It's clean. It's hard for me not to say, like two year, two decades. It's hard for me not to say leaf certified because that's what I – Mm -hmm. when it first came out yeah. right so uh, this is going to be uh, another the second release where you're going to have this rookie class in their uniforms last week we had oops which you know I, I i got a box or two i sold them but i opened some blasters and if you collected in the early 90s this year's hoops really quick reminded me of opening 91 92 hoops which they have a tribute set uh a subset in there of that but that's what it reminded me of was classic early 90s basketball cards, which is I was all over those as a kid, even though uh, the Sacramento Kings stunk. And, you know, Lionel Simmons was my guy. Um, they were fun. It was fun. It's a fun open. So if you're if you want a little basketball and you want to spend 20 bucks and, you know, it also didn't hurt that I pulled like four Zions. So two base and two of those tribute cards uh, out of two blasters. And I was doing pretty good. So. Um, let's see, we also have two 2019-20 Panini Flawless Collegiate Basketball uh, coming out today. $2,000 a box, one pack per box, 10 cards per pack. Six autos, two men cards, two gemstones. Um, it features the 2019 rookies, former All-Americans, and some legends. Each autograph is on card, and they're numbered to 25 or less. Uh, RPAs include – see, RPAs are really the chase cards in here, and you're going to have team logos, swatches, conference – logos, brand, and final four patches uh, on those cards. And all of those RPAs have on-card autos as well. Uh, there, I, lo I just looked. Um, Cracknell is usually really good by having checklist up. This one's not there yet. So I went to Panini, and I selected Basketball 2019, Panini, Collegiate, Flawless, or Flawless Collegiate. And I there's a checklist. It's for football, even though I selected Basketball. Hmm. So. But they did have a checklist. They did right? have a checklist it, there. It doesn't just matter if the right one. It had Troy Aikman on there and Dean Kane and I don't know, some other. Sometimes you need to be more specific. We've been asking Panini for checklists. They're putting them up. Years ago, when my, my aunt was, was young, she, she went to a busy parking lot and she's like, Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, please let me find a parking spot with a tree. Sure enough, she pulls into this busy parking lot and she finds a tree. It was a brand new one, fresh, you know, little little stick of a tree. But the parking spot was there with a tree. God answered her prayer. So sometimes be careful what you ask for. We're asking Panini for checklists. They have one up there. Doesn't matter if it's the wrong sport. There's one available. Yeah. It's just a $10,000 gamble, guys. Hey, no worries. It is. And, right? and I know, I, know I, see that, I see I don't know if Tim's still with us. Uh, 
he's been a he's a good listener. Wait, met him wait, super wait, nice wait. guy. I'm confused. It's not even all basketball or football. So you got AJ Brown, Aaron Rodgers, but then you have Bull Bull, Brandon oh. Clark. So it does have some of the people Cam Reddish in there. <laughs> so it's like a dual sport. Maybe it's their Black Friday. Yeah. Um, this is the multi-sport flawless. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tim Tim called me out. He said, "Hey, you know, are you mad because you need those checklists for your blog?" And I said, "I could care less. I haven't put checklists on the blog in a little while. Uh, life's been busy, but it's it's like you said, a two thousand dollar gamble. We understand that there are going to be Zion cards in there. We understand there's going to be RJ Barrett cards. But what are the legends, right? Who are the uh, the All Americans that are they going to have in there? Are they going to have Danny Manning in a KU uniform for me? Because if so, I'm going to want to try to get the Clippers in a break so I can get a Danny Manning card. Yeah, um, no, Kevin, our buddy Kevin Porter, his son Kevin Porter Jr. is in the set. So that's cool. Not related uh, to your cuddle buddy. I've already asked him. No, no, it is. It's his son. We talked about this. Yeah. But no, it's, breaking it, is it lives off of checklists. Yeah. And, and that's what this is made for. I mean, I, I talked to Doug uh, from Mojo Brick and it was like, these, the, you know, when this when this flawless was was made, they didn't really. Dan and Doug did not really think it was going to go anywhere. One because the price point of where it was at, they did not know how collectors were going to react to something like this. But the fact is, it, it is it's taken off, and, and collectors are out there that want to get it. But what average collector is going to want to go drop four grand on a case? And especially when there was a flawless release last week, and I think there's one next week, and or in two weeks, and it's like I, I don't, I don't get it. Tim says he likes the surprise. Well, you know, awesome, enjoy the surprise. But again, this is this is not a flagship where it's more of a, a every man's product, um, and, and so not everybody's just going out to buy a case to buy a case or buy a box well, to buy a box. It's a breaker if, product. If we go back to 1988, where you had. You know, if we just stay with baseball for a moment, you, you have, you know, Tops and Donruss and Clear and then Score comes in, right? You have four major releases and, and they're not divided up by series. I mean, sure, they hit, may have had different like opening day. I think like, by 1990, Donruss had opening day and different uh, parallel sets. But, you know, even by 1990, when you start throwing an upper deck in Bowman, there wasn't much to collect. If Tops is coming out, we're all collecting it. Donruss is coming out, we're all collecting it it really came down to one release. It didn't matter what the checklist was and the fact that the checklist was inside the box. But, and we but you, know knew the ba- you knew the base guys were going to be in there. The stars yeah, were going to be could, in those packs. You know, 792 cards divided by, what, 26 teams at the time? We knew that every team was going to have 28 to 30 players represented. And, and, and Tim asked me in the chat if I buy into breaks. I do buy into breaks. I buy the Royals or the Giants. Yeah. And, and most and when it's a product that I'm not going to find in, in a – you know, as far as like a team set, it's team more, set, of, yep. a, more of a hit base. So I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy into those. Which is most know? of the Panini products. You don't find Panini products in team sets. So as a team collector like myself, it's extremely important to have a checklist to know at what price point should I be buying into a break at? Because if it's a, a, a 12 to $20 buy-in, then it's basically a team set. And I hope that I get a hit. But if it's a $60 buy-in, then I, I know that I'm going to need to get a couple of hits to warrant that price. It just, it Otherwise, just, it's breakers it's, price it for, for the for the teams, and that's how they decide how much they're going to buy. 
it frustrates certain teams. It just frustrates me because it's like, guys, you're making the product. You don't know what's in it. You don't have an internal checklist, and you could release a checklist saying, "This is the tentative checklist." There could yeah, be changes. Whole list of grievances with the Panini and checklist, but this is near what, what, if, what if Panini sold those checklists ten days early to breakers? You know what? What if you did something like that? Where hey, don't you know, give them any ideas, dude. Well, <laughs> at, at least they would be available, and and these these breakers could theoretically price their their products accurately just, since since most and products. I'm not, and I'm not, and I'm not sitting here, and I'm not feeling bad for the breakers. Trust me, I'm not. Um, I'm with you. But if, if you sell them to the breakers, how do I know? I want to buy my team. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. I mean, we need access to these checklists a couple of days before. We're not asking for them a month before. Three or four days. Well, this, this came out today and it's still not there. Yeah. If the product comes out Friday, why can't we have it by Monday? That's all. I get paid on Friday. I need to know, you know, am I putting aside X amount of dollars for this particular product or not? That's all. And I think we're going to differ there. I mean, uh, so a cool product. Oh, go ahead. I, yeah, it's a cool product is coming out that I'm excited about. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get into it, but it was it was cool to see. Uh, 2019-20 Tops NHL Sticker Collection. That's right. I said Tops. Uh, it's $40 a box. 50 packs per box. Five cards per pack. You're also going to get one foil card per pack. It's a 629-card base set. Every team in the NHL is represented. And there's also a 75-page album to go with it. Uh, collectors don't need to think about chase elements or parallels, so it's just straight stickers. Uh, Tops actually received a license this year, and uh, so this year Panini will not be making the stickers. In addition to the regular player stickers, there are several subsets like rookie debuts, Stanley Cup playoffs, NHL awards, and All Star card All Star stickers, vintage hockey team th- uh, uh, things like right, we're back with the retro logos, so we're gonna have some old low school logos in there. And there's also the puzzles, puzzle stickers that fit together to form a large image. And I think Steph showed there the Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. It's a six-sticker puzzle uh, that goes together, and you get the whole team picture on the ice. I think they're sweet looking. So in addition to the main set that's meant for stores, there's a separate online exclusive Tops Now NHL sticker set that will highlight key events throughout the season as they happen. Look at that. Because, of course, there will be. Yeah. Because we need more on-demand product. We're going to talk about that later. Um, but no, it, it, this is pretty awesome. The, 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 yeah, the design looks nice, and they'll probably have a deal much like they do in other sports or uh, that like Panini has where if you buy t- uh, two packs or a blaster box, you'll get a free team sticker magazine. Um, that way you have the sticker book to theoretically stick your stickers into. Yeah, I love this. I mean, I think stickers and, and kids go to go well together. I remember putting the old sticker books back together in the mid eighties. Uh, I think licking those stickers is why you can't launch a stream without having to fumble with it three times. That and yeah. Nice. Uh, we also have twenty nineteen Panini Immaculate football dropping Friday forty four forty dollars a box. We all wish four hundred dollars a box, one pack per box, six mm-hmm. cards per pack. Five auto indoor mem cards, one base indoor parallel. It's a 140-card base set. All of the base cards are numbered out of 99. First 100 are vets. The last 40 are all RPAs, rookie patch autographs. It's a very high-end release. Uh, there's on-card signature, on-card 
inserts include immaculate number rookie patches, rookie patch autographs, draft class signatures, marks of greatness, and Pro Bowl signatures. Uh, the eye black ones that you showed there, those are pretty awesome. Uh, but new for this year are the triple eye blacks. So that had three. So it was Barry Sanders, Evan Smith, and Adrian Peterson. Some some good tailbacks right there. And there's also jumbo relics with uh, laundry tags and NFL shields included in them. The mem that they use is from a lot of gear, from helmets to gloves and cleats in here. So you're going to get a whole – you can put a whole uniform together, uh, one guy, through this, this set. Pretty uh, pretty sharp. So I'm, I'm excited. It just – we talked – Panini had like a flawless last week. They have a flawless this week. They have an immaculate this week. Um, you know, next week there's, we're going to talk more about what's coming out. There's just a lot of higher end products from them. This whole, these first couple weeks here in November, I think it's kind of, uh, kind of crazy. So, uh, what's brewing next week's releases, 2019 Panini Fallist baseball, uh, supposedly is coming out. We covered this two weeks ago in episode 71, uh, and then 2019 Panini playoff football will also drop. We're going to hop in our infield chatter section of the show. Um, we all talk about the hobby talk. So uh, did you see this? I'm excited. At Kentucky Cards, Jimmy, our boy, Jimmy Mann, he's a super, like a rock star now. The dude's super famous. His 2019-20 Prism graphics, uh, one of one Zion and RJ sold for just over $15,200. It's all going to charity. It's that children's home in North Carolina he worked at. And he was also on local TV this week. And the guy was like enamored with a Doc Gooden autograph, and so he just gave it to the guy, to the reporter. You know, and after me, you know, speaking with Jimmy, I, it was one of my favorite interviews. Uh, he was so excited; he was all in the entire time. It was awesome. Um, but it's great to see that, and uh, you know, really what it shows. There's a lot of good stuff in this hobby because he could have just pocketed all this and you know been on his way, but. Uh, it's good he's giving it back to something he cares about. It's just really great to see uh, this kind of stuff happen with the hobby. I've got an addendum um, when uh, before we hop into the next one. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> so I had a fellow uh, co-worker um, coming into Dallas this week, and uh, not, not, not necessarily just to visit us, but uh, as you can imagine, he stopped in at uh, Beckett um, to get a card graded. Um, probably the other top card in that set. The other one of, I think, three or four one-of-ones in this in the base set uh, to get this graded. Um, and uh, it d didn't get near the grade, but it's, uh, it's, the it, it's a mirror. Auto, Zion on card auto, or sticker auto, one-of-one. One. Yes, it is. Uh, graded nine, uh, ten auto. Um, he said it was something... He, he talked to the guys and something to do with the factory rollout as far as the back. Um, I, he couldn't see anything. I can't see anything, but uh, that, that's their grading. So, Yeah, it's still a pretty, pretty awesome card. And there's a great video that was goes along with it. Yes. Uh, where well, he, he lost it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you get to watch him and he, he sees the card. So, But no, and, I mean, it couldn't happen to two nicer guys. Um, I, I don't know what he's planning to do with it. Um, he and and he, somebody asked me, why would you grade of one of one? He's like, to, to hold the condition and, and, and then when he sells it to, 
to let the person buying know that what the condition of the card card is in. So pretty much. Uh, real quick, Tim just posted this Carmen Jimmy pulled a a fourteen thousand seven hundred dollar uh, card of Lucas Saturday out of flawless NBA. So. Hmm. Yeah, he after he pulled that Zion, he went on a kind of a little. He's been on a little bit of a roll lately. Um, Need him to come pick some uh, Diamond Kings boxes for me, right? Hey. Uh, Diamond Kings. <laughs> the house that built Diamond Kings. Indeed. Um, we talked about this a little last week. The 2020 or 2019 um, 582 Montgomery Club factory set um, came out, and um, which was pretty neat. But the 2020. Montgomery Club is is coming up. The renewals are out right now, so if you they're only to the current members, they get to renew first, and it's a limited number. Uh, this is from our buddy Mike Summer um, at the Mike Summer. It looks like the 2020 Tops 582 Montgomery Club opens for current members to renew this Wednesday, and then for new members shortly afterwards. Here's a list of what the benefits are: with a gift with a membership is a 20 card set plus an autograph, two additional 20 card sets, a uh, 20, uh, 20 sticker card set, a 20 card member uh, card members vote MLB set plus an auto, a two dollar a uh, uh, five eighty two Montgomery stamp complete two thousand twenty top set twenty twenty top set, which is the one that we mentioned I think last week was it? Yes. Yep. For this uh, year. Yeah, for this year, uh, which is selling for about two hundred bucks. I think that was the cost of this membership for the whole year. An exclusive access to purchase 2019 uh, Tops Brooklyn collection featuring an all new configuration on tops.com. A collectible pin that doesn't wow me, but exclusive access to pre sale window for select Tops 2020 online exclusives such as Sapphire, InterX, and Archives Snapshot. This was a pretty, for those folks that hopped in and, and took advantage of the 2019 version of this i think they all did really well and were very happy with the return of their 200 dollars. so it'll be interesting to see how many spots actually are freed up and uh, any new folks that uh, that can get in there so i literally and i'll be that guy i literally before mike tweeted that had never heard of the montgomery set hmm. yeah it was familiar with that i checked it out once he tweeted but i, I had never heard of it yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't really well documented. I think we covered it slightly when it first launched. Yeah, and we kind of like kind of let go of it because it wasn't anything. Nothing was coming out was super exciting from the sets. But I think that factory set is what kind of set the everybody on tilt a little bit. One is because of the rookie cards there in series two, um, and and who you could, who you could pick up. So, you know, it, it just adds to that additional. Oh, I have that stamped version now. Now the all-star complete set stamped version and, and so forth and so forth. So uh, Tops is totally about Ty France. Tops total. Uh, so all of the announcements, and this is all this I'm mean, stealing Ben's words here. Um, all of the announced doubles in Tops Total uh, were changed, uh, except for Ty France. He's the only guy that got two cards in the 900 card set. Uh, he has a rookie card logo. And one without the rookie card, and uh, so you know, out of 900 cards, Ty France of the San Diego Padres, if you didn't know who he played for, is the only one with uh, with two cards. And, and just so that we, just so that we give credit to where it's due, that was actually uh, our friend over at Tops Living Stat. 
that shared that information. That's actually his screenshot. Um, you know, there was a couple of A's players that I noticed that were on a checklist, like Brett Anderson, that were both in weights eight and nine. And he was the one to point out that most likely the when the final checklist comes out before it goes to print, that duplicate will be changed. And then upon knowing the, the final results, he was accurate. They were all changed with the exception of our friend Ty France, who I never heard of either. Um, so, yeah, he ended up being the only one of the 900 cards. So there's only 899 players represented in the set. So I, wonder, I wonder if that was intentional or if Tops didn't know who it was either and <laughs> overlooked the second one. I wonder if he's related to the Franz family or the NASCARs. So I can see why he'd be uh, easy to skip over. Yeah. I mean, no offense to the guy. I'm sure he's a very nice boy. His sure. parents like him very much. Uh, but it's just the quality control. If you're going to make a 900 card set, uh, I, I don't have the figures in front of me, but we can. I can definitely pull them out of a, a DM. Uh, Tops Living Stat also sent me some particulars on teams. Not every team was built correctly. You figure 900 cards divided by 30. It's a 30 by 30 set. Uh, not every team had 30 cards, apparently. Hmm. It might be for next week. If you put that together, that'd be great. Interesting. Uh, Tops is having a, a industry conference uh, coming up in February. So, you know, there's the industry conference, right? Uh, or industry summit. And now, and only really Panini and Beckett go to, and I think Leaf was there. And then Upper Deck has their own deal, and Tops has their own deal. And this is down in Chandler's own at the Wild Horse Pass Hotel and Casino. Try not to get kicked out, Tim. Yes, Sunday, February 23rd through the 25th. Uh, you're going to go down and learn about best practices, expand your industry knowledge, and grow your current successes. Conference speakers will include sports and entertainment industry experts across uh, MLB, WWE, Star Wars, and soccer properties. They're going to have guest speakers to teach us sustainable growth, special appearances, offsite activities, and Q&A with Tops executives. Uh, the early bird special, if you buy before December 6th, is 250 Afterwards, up until January 10th, it looks to be $300. Registration is limited to first come, first serve. So if you go to the Tops.com website, uh, it should be there. Uh, this is probably also when they're going to have their uh, uh, transcendent party with King Griffey Jr. Because that's usually when they do that. Because that's, that's what they did last year with Trout. They usually have them coinciding together. So they have a deal, too, uh, with some rooms. You mentioned you're with the Tops party. So. Uh, if you have a shop or you're selling online or uh, breaker, it's probably a good idea to to get out there and hobnob and uh, get around those those industry folks. As we're coming up, it's November, right? And what's big in November? The biggest day in November. The mo what's the besides watching uh, Ohio State lose to Michigan this year? What's going to be the best day this November? It's when the Gophers right? beat Penn State. Oh, let's hope so. No, we did. Let's hope so. Uh, oh, you did. But are you going to beat Ohio State? We don't play Ohio State. Yeah, you will. Wisconsin and Iowa. Yeah, but you're, if you win out, you're going to have to play them in the Big Ten. Assuming they don't lose the next three weeks. That's true. But Panini's Black Friday. 
So Panini is continuing their tradition of Black Friday. It's one of the biggest hobby shop promotion days of the year. And they're going to offer exclusive packs for a few sets. So this year it's split in two. Normally it's a multi-form. They're going to have one for football. And then they're going to have a secondary one that covers basketball, baseball, NASCAR, and soccer. Each set's going to have 40 base cards with rookies and uh, Panini collection inserts. Card shops are going to be able to distribute the Black Friday packs however they see fit. And it's usually tied to a, a purchase of a specific product or box. Um, you know, you're going to get, if you buy this box, you're going to get two packs. Of, maybe to help push some product that don't normally get the love that they deserve. Um, a lot of shops also have a larger store promotion going on. And each Black Friday pack will have two cards in back. So Interesting. Yeah. So if you want to go out on Black Friday and shop, I'm not a Black Friday person just based on my retail history. Uh, it costs uh, a lot of Thanksgivings and uh, in times of family mist. So the only one, only shopping I really ever do is going to be online, which is fine with me. Go pick it up or have it delivered later. Uh, by the way, if you buy TVs and computers that day and you're sleeping overnight, those are usually the ones that break really quick. Just a little lot. PSA. Usually. Usually. They don't last. Uh, buy this Toshiba. Yeah, buy this uh, Hisense uh, that we've never carried this brand ever, and we'll never carry it again until next Black Friday. It has uh, one HDMI input that's a little, you know, a little loose. Um, so I, I thought this was interesting, and I think this is this is interesting for because we're having double on tonight that this question popped up. So I went through, and there are a few folks on Twitter where I stole some questions they posted out to the general public and we stole the questions, but misappropriated, misappropriated some questions. And, uh, and I, I, first of all, I like the Twitter handle at I bump, but I bop your nose 89. So I guess there are a lot of other bop your nose out there. I boop your nose 89. Ryan tweeted out, is it just me or does it feel kind of dirty when people purchase hangers and blasters and sell them for more than what the store has them? I understand that I understand shipping, but, to see people selling $19.99 or $20 boxes for $35 to $50 rubs me wrong. Um, you know, I know I know. I see Dub opening up uh, retail uh, a lot, which are some of my favorite breaks. I love hanging out and just watching open, and, and it gets me inspired to, hey, if I see something like that to open, and I'll open occasionally. I'll open a few blasters this last weekend. Um, and I've sold blasters. I bought stuff for 20 bucks and sold it for more. Um what are your what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's obviously a free market type situation. If if, if there's somebody out there that'll buy it, and yeah, and you can make some money off it, I mean, I, I can't fault you for it. I'm not going to buy it um, if I can't find um, you know Topps Chrome update Mega Box at Target for twenty bucks. Then I'm not going to have it. Um, that's just me. I, I don't. I'm not going to buy prison basketball for 40 bucks. Um, I, 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 I go to my target. I go to my Walmart. I look for stuff. If it's there, I'll get it, but I'm not going to pay those prices for it. But there are people out there who do. And, and, you know, I can't fault anybody for making money in the hobby if that's what they want to do. And, and if there is a market out there that will buy those things, um, I'm not that guy. Um, but you know, I, I don't, you know, it's not something that, that I lose sleep over. I'm not, but like I say, it's, 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 it's one of those things that I'm, I'm pretty set and I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to buy that product for 30 bucks or 40 bucks. 
But what about it's still it's still a retail product? I mean, what about the flip side of buying it and selling it? So say you came across, um, you know, some of those Chrome update boxes, and they're <laughs> there, and you bought and you bought two, and you're like, hey, it did pretty well. Maybe I'll sell these other two, and you because you could get you know forty or fifty, you could double your money. It, it, you know, is that something you would go and, and do, or do you feel dirty to doing? I, I mean, I don't feel dirty, but I, I I don't typically do that. I'm not. Um, I sell some single cards from time to time, but I'm not a big seller, yeah. period. Um, that's just not one of the things I do a lot. I, I'll put a card or two up on eBay every now and then, or I'll run through a, a little sales thread on my Twitter handle and sell 10 or 15 cards. But um, for me, I mean, and, and what I use, what I do in the hobby, I'm not, shipping is a hassle for me. Um you know, it's it. just one of those things that is, 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 it's not worth it for me to, to make $10 off of a box that I buy. And it's hard to do, right, Ben? We talked about this before, right? When you buy a $20 box, and yeah. here it costs almost $22 with tax where Ben and I live. It's like $21.58 or something like that. So if, if you're selling, if you're selling one of these for $35, you're at a break even point. It's because it's not twenty bucks; it's twenty-two bucks plus shipping's what ten? What would you say on a on a? See, if you do the the flat rate bubble mailer, if you have those, because you have to order them, about seven fifty. I think it's seven fifty. Right, so so at, we're at thirty dollars California money, right? PayPal, and what, PayPal fee and eBay fees put you what thirty three, thirty four bucks. Yeah, you're gonna make a dollar. Now, now so I, say, it, I have sold boxes before. Like, I've had people who have seen me post at a box that I see at, at Target, and they're like, I can't find it anywhere. I'll pick that box up and, and ship it to them, and they pay me cost. I've done that. But I don't buy them ahead of time and say, okay, maybe I can sell three or four of these. And that's just, I mean, to each their own. I, I'm not, I'm not going to rail on it. But I'm not. I don't do it either. So and and I think that's oh. kind of where I stand. You know, the, the purchasing of a single box for a friend when they can't find it, uh, no, uh, novel. Uh, it, it gets them what they want, and uh, you help out a buddy. Great, love it. I, I think what I take most issue is when you have a hobby shop or a dealer walk in and wa uh, buy out the entire shelf. I will say right. I do. I do have an issue. With, I mean, free enterprise and all, but with those being at hobby shops, with if if a if a local hobby shop goes and buys up everything at Target and then tries to sell them for forty bucks, that's me again. That's my opinion. I I, I, I got blocked by that dude Mike Sports Cards or whatever out of Denver. I think he's somewhere in Colorado, and I guess he's a nice guy. But I called him on the map because he posted his wall, and he had all of these twenty dollar boxes, and he said he got it from a distributor. Maybe he did. You, you but can't, and I, and I have a backstory on that too for you. It, it's bad optics when you're posting a picture of your shop. If I randomly go in there, it's like now I'm promoting it, and it just makes it look bad. It doesn't matter if you bought at a distributor that's going out of business. When, when you buy something like that and stick it at your LCS as a shop owner, the way it looks when you post a picture of that, and that's why I called him out on it, was it makes it look like you went to your Target and Walmart and swiped your credit card and, and just basically shoveled all your stuff into the cart, right? 
So a lot of those, to, so, you know, Greg here, the owner of the shop, he had some blasters. I'm like, dude, why do you have all these blasters? And part of the reason was, is that he wanted to buy some additional Panini products, some high-end stuff. And the distributor said, well, I have these two cases of retail blasters I need you to take. So I'll give you those, those high, that higher-end product. And I'm going to sell it to you at, like, at cost, which is like 13 bucks or whatever. And then he puts them out for sale for for, his 20, for the 20 bucks, the same you can get at the, the local store. But it's because they had to push it. I can tell you, uh, it wasn't blasters, but Panini Prism uh, basketball from last year. Those retail one boxes that had the red, white, and blue parallels. Yeah. The distributors out here shoving those down the throats of card shops and breakers because Mojo ended up with some. My card shop teammates went through 200 boxes so far of that product because the re because the, they could the distributors got the product couldn't move it to the retailers because the SKU had expired. But so they had to Greg, go. Somewhere. Greg, the owner of our, our local card shops, not posting pictures of his wall full no, of those, he, like the guy Mike did in Colorado. And but he's saying, Hey, I have a bigger selection. If you want to be able to buy an inexpensive box. But, but see, the thing is, is when you're sending out, when you're sending out a blanket picture with no explanation of how you acquired them, what? it looks really bad for the people like the, the guy that wants to boop our nose. It, no, but it would be different if he was selling them for $30 a box and not $20. That's where, that's where but, I make the distinction personally. I know Tim in the chat said, you know, if, if you, if you're buying those, like you said, Tim, to, to, to meet some quotas to get other products and you pop them up on your shelf for what you can buy them for at target 20 bucks but i've i have been in shops that have a contenders football box blaster box for 40 bucks mm -hmm. and i there's a target two miles away that's selling it for 19.99 that's different um, yeah. well that's and, and I, I, that's the distinction that i make between what i'd like to see and what i don't like to see you know i, I think the the point that the booper of noses was, was making is if you go on a Facebook group when one of these hot products come out, Bowman Mega or whatever, you'll see a guy on his kitchen table that has a, a literally a mountain of these, 30 of them. All right, everybody, I got them for you know $45 each or two for 40 or three for 37 plus shipping. Or that, selling that, guy's, that, that guy's going around to every Target, scooping them up, and he's being a, hey, you know, you know, an ass hat. Well, then I'm the but, asshat because remember the Mega Bowman boxes, I had like 30 of them. Yeah, uh, but th then you have the other guy like Dub was talking about that's like saying, hey, look, I've got some at mine. You know, you see that every once in a while on Facebook too. Somebody will take a screenshot of their target saying, hey, look, look what's in stock here. Anybody wants any, I'll be here for an hour. Let me know. You'll get it at my cost plus shipping. So basically, you know, again, we go back to that $33 price point. I'm paying 20 but I'm also paying, you know, taxes and then shipping and everything. By the time I get done, I'm $33 invested. You want to roll me 33 bucks, I'll be more than happy to buy you as many of these as you want. So it's two different lines that, of thought. Yeah, that, that's, the, that, that's the distinction on that side of things. If, if you're, you know, if there's a guy out there willing to buy it, Tim, then, I mean, there's no, I have no issue with that. Yeah. No, sell it. You know, but I'm not, the way I answered it first, I'm not the guy who's going to buy it. No, and I'm not either. Um, if, if I can't find it at the local store, you know what, and, and I want something out of those boxes that bad, I'll go buy it directly online. If I'm looking for an XYZ, you know, quarterback, I'm going to buy that card directly. 
and if it cost me 15 bucks to buy the one card, well, then that's what it is because I didn't spend $30 to hope to get it in a box or right. go buy, go to every Target in town to find that box. It, you know, the, it's same, it is. the same with like, you know, hobby products, though. 2018 Contenders Football last year, you know, I bought a couple of boxes of those when that first came out at pretty good prices. And then two months later, they're $350, $400 a box. Yep. You know, if I learned anything from our friend Ben, it's uh, you don't buy when the uh, price is at its peak. Can we write this down that somebody actually admitted to learning something from me? And of all people, it was a guy that's smarter than me. Look at that. Uh, yeah. Well, and so that's, it's, me. you know, it's, it's you know, sure so there's, there's some products that are just going to keep going up. I mean, you're this, not going to find 2011 Tops Update cheap right now. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not going to buy a product that just came out that I can potentially find at a Target or Walmart for double the price. The one thing we can learn from all of this is that – those back pages, and I've never seen the picture, and I've just heard rumors <laughs> of the saved wax this man has. Oh my God, yes, is is ridiculous. And I have a small saved. I have six wax boxes unopened for my son that I have picked up of, of top space cards, of hobby boxes of eighteen and nineteen, the all three series, you know, tucked away. But that's really it because uh, I have a problem with opening wax. I have a bunch of eighty-seven top, but. I don't know. I'll shoot him a message and see if he, because uh, he does a, and I'll post a link to his channel and chat here, but he posted a video practically every day discussing either a topic or a mail day or something he saw in the hobby or, you know, something personal even. Um, but uh, I think a tour of his wax uh, shelving yeah. would be amazing. So this brings up uh, our buddy, uh, Ben Aguirre, the best been on uh, Twitter at Cardboard Icons. Tweeted out this this question. I think he was kind of asking in the ether: uh, Are we in to buy all the boxes collecting era of collecting? And he meant by boxes the blasters and the mega boxes. And it kind of ties into this, where it's like when we go uh, to Target or Walmart, are we supposed just to buy every mega box that we see or every hot blaster? Are we in that era right now? It just yeah. feels like it. Honestly, I mean, it feels like every product that comes out right now, especially the last, you know, I know this has, has been a longer trend than this, but I mean, just look at the last month. You've got Topps Chrome update. You've got Topps update. You've got Prism draft picks and, and, and whatever. You've got Prism football hit. You've got holiday boxes hit. And I'm seeing every one of those boxes show up in pictures on my Twitter timeline that we were just talking about a cart full and said, hey, I just got – I just found them at my target it's, and, and it's, it feels like every retail product that's coming well, out right now. It's scary to me because, because retail's good because it allows people that might not have a shop near them to get access to product, right? The, the pack out on these things though, because I bought two update Chrome boxes because I, there's only two I saw I've seen and I, I bought them this week and I, on Monday and I opened them. Now, they were, I, I pulled an auto. It was like one in every 40 packs, so I was lucky. Uh, and so I was happy. And there were some, some decent rookie cards and stuff in there. What I noticed was the packs were almost identical. If not, there was like one card off. And so out of my two boxes, I had like almost four complete duplicate packs, five duplicate packs. Mm. Uh, luckily, it was ones that had Vlad Guerrero 
uh, and uh, Larissa, uh, Louisa Rise for the Twins and a Pete Alonzo and those kind of ones. So I was like, okay, well, you know, hey, I beat out. What happens to the one that gets the all vet pack where it's, you know. Well, it, it really is FOMO. And our friend Ben, is, I, I think, uses that word quite a bit too, or that, you know, the, the acronym fear of missing out. It's like, oh, well, if, if Dub just cleared out his his target, I better clear out my target. I don't really want these. But what if he knows something I don't know? Hell, for all I know, he's buying them because he's trying to put together a set. But if he tweets a picture of, look what I just bought, and that's all he says, and I go to Target later and I see the same product, there are a lot of people in this hobby, and I'm not going to say collectors, because if you're doing that, you're not really collecting, you're speculating. You know, now I just dropped a hundred dollar bill on five blasters because somebody else I saw did, and I don't want to miss out on the next whatever card it is that might be in that product. And that's what people are doing. And, and so, yeah, we have to buy them all because the next guy didn't. It's like, yeah, if you didn't want it yesterday, you don't want it today. Just cut it and, out. And if you're looking to like, if you're one of those guys that collects, like you know, like like us, I would I would think we're all very similar. I mean. We, we, we're team, we're player collectors or, or university collectors, right? We have a specific stuff that really wets our whistle when collecting. But if you're one of those guys that's like, hey, if I can if I can buy a box and sit on it for a little while, right, and then turn around in a few years and sell that because I'm not enticed to open it, and I can buy more of my stuff, the things that you guys, that people are missing out on isn't the, the Topps Chrome update. It's not those holiday boxes. What it is is that that this year series two blasters, I haven't seen anywhere for months, and I ran across two the other day, so I bought them and I've tucked them away. Just based on the handful of rookie cards that are in there, update retail boxes, the same thing. Blaster boxes. Because what's going to happen is, if you look back, 2018 tops update box is like two a hobby box is like two fifty three hundred dollars right now for a hobby box. You go back, you know, to 2011. How much is a 2000 Tops 11 blaster selling for right now? It's ungodly. And it's just because that, because Mike Trout could possibly be in there. But you go back and look, you know, that those that hunt for that rookie card in six, seven years, if that guy takes off, it's in that one year, that one set, that 20 bucks could end up being, you know, worth that $40 because you sat in your helmet. And if not, but, if you open the packs and you get to have fun with it, then, but that's the stuff that, you know, not everybody's but, scooping into their carts. Like Chrome and Prism and Holiday and Mega. Let's look the script for a second. What if there's nothing in there? That twenty dollars in 2019 is not going to be the same. It doesn't have the same spending power from an economic standpoint that that twenty dollars is going to have in, in 2029, right? Let's say it, it doubles in value now that that blaster is at forty dollars that you could sell on the secondary market, but that twenty dollars is now worth twenty seven dollars when you adjust for inflation. But you also have to consider, what does it cost you to store it? Oh, well, nothing, because it was just on a shelf. Well, you still have to consider that there has to be an associated value to store it. No, but, I'm, have to, but I'm saying, Joe, we all have to store our cards somewhere, right? But, 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 but the cards that you collect, sure, not cards that you're speculating that I'm going to put this blaster away. The, the thing is, people don't consider the other variables at play when they say I'm going to buy this and stick it away for a rainy day on the off chance I would rather have that $20 work for me now than stick it on a shelf in hopes that someday I might be able to double or triple my value. But see that $20 is out of your 
I believe we, we all probably have an idea of what we could spend each each month but, or year but, on cards. And you didn't buy a, uh, uh, you know, God, let's see, a Brett Anderson A's relic. Yeah, but 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 the thing is, is we're not talking about we're talking about Mr. Joe Homemaker that that has a different mentality that that's that's I'm being collectors like uh, like 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 collectors guys that are team clients. I said this team. Collectors. But see, but see that that that's where it falls off the rails because not only do I have the economics background, I'm. A, I'm a collector. I'm not spending that $20 because for me personally, that Brett Anderson A's relic is way more valuable than speculating on a box of series two that might double, triple quadruple in appreciation value. Yeah. I, I mean, it, everything I do in profession, my professional life and my education speaks to the fact that I should be doing exactly what you're stating. And the reason I don't is because this is a hobby to me. I do it for fun. It's for leisure. It's not to make money. It's to collect and have fun. Otherwise, it becomes an investment medium. Yeah, and but, if this but, is it, it's also fun to collect and then maybe take 20 bucks that we're going to spend on pack. It's not. It's not. I, I would rather spend on what I want. Hold on real quick. You see, so if I if you like watching the A's and you think that's fun, but I think I feel I'd much rather have my eyes pulled out because they're, they're in all they have ugly uniforms. Okay. Their manager's, you know, a dum-dum. But that's you like your, the Royals. Yeah. That's, you know, okay. So, so, so for me, it's the A's. For you, it's the Royals. For Joey, it's it's Georgia. It doesn't matter what, what avenue you choose. You can't tell me that it's not fun to spend $20 on a blaster and let it sit in a box. If I find it's it. not. It's no. not because I, I would rather that $20 work for my PC. I'd rather buy anything. I, I've got 9,000 cards on my on my checklist of things I need to collect someday. Why the hell would I spend twenty dollars to stick it on a shelf? I'd be better off going to the ATM machine right now, pulling twenty dollars out. In fact, adjusting for inflation, I'd rather go. I I, I bank with Golden One. Let me go to Wells Fargo and pay a three dollar fee. Now it's twenty three dollars. Now I've covered my future inflation costs. I'll stick that twenty dollar bill on a fucking shelf. Uh, pardon my language. I'll stick it on the shelf and I'll watch it sit there and hope that man, the, the U.S. dollar appreciates in value over the next ten years. And that twenty dollars becomes thirty dollars when I go to spend it well, in ten years. Come on, get out of here with that nonsense. Your brain Anderson that you bought is dead money because he ends up being like. It doesn't matter. I'm not buying it because I want it to appreciate value. I'm buying it because I got to watch Brett Anderson play every fifth day. I got to enjoy parts of his career. When I go back and look at my 2019 A's cards, I can go. You know what? You have to go back. Brett Anderson had a hell of. If we're not going back to appreciate, if we're not going back to appreciate guys like Brett Anderson, why the hell are we collecting to begin with? Why are we collecting at all? Why are you collecting? Joey, now raise his hand so he gets to go now. I have it in my closet, uh, and this is this is going. I'm falling on the side of Tim. I have I have this Rubbermaid tub full of just unopened wax. It can't dissect some retail stuff in there. There's some hobby stuff in there. I mean, there's nothing really valuable in there, but it, I don't have, I don't, I use my hobby money the way I want to use it. It may not, it may turn into dust. I don't care if, if I enjoy what I'm doing and I mean, I've got right here, I mean, I've got an unopened box of 94 select baseball. I mean, that's, there's nothing in there. But I Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I need to check my. 
maybe I need some of that, and then maybe you open it and give me the ace cards. Maybe well, there I is stuff it. in there. Feel free to send me your needs, and I'll I'll help fill them. But it, I, it, you know, I don't make a habit of buying retail blasters and stick them aside. But I do see some value in doing that with update right now. Update has been through the roof the last few years. As a matter of fact, I, I uh, a shameless plug. Nick Deontay, you know, just wrote an article in Forbes where he asked me a, a few questions about 19 Update, and, and there's not a lot of sets you can say that about, but yeah. Update is one that I wish I had some 18 boxes sitting here that I could open, look for the Acuna, uh, whatever, um, and maybe that's because Acuna plays for the Braves. I don't know, but, um, you know, I, I get the economics argument of it, but but what I do with my hobby money is not what I do with my money that I send to, to my 401k or to my, my investment banker yeah. it's money not, on cards is, is, as I know it's, it, it's going to be to something I collect. that's going to sit on a shelf in a box for years and years and years. I enjoy it because I know I have it. And I can go and look at it. The other part is I can take some of that and, and go have some crazy fun with it and buy something wild and, and enjoy it at the same time or like I'm not saying that you do this with every product and I, and I don't have like I said I don't have tons of unopened wax here but it's one of those things for people that are looking or that do that um, there we go that's a great set 90 score it's not 91 Fleer but it can be second hey, best I got 90 Fleer basketball unopened. it's not yellow enough now, now at, the, at the sake of contradicting everything I just said if, if you are a speculator, if that's your thing, yeah, go to your local Target, clear clear the shelves. You know, but but as Tim was saying, there are certain products where you're going to do that with. I think Joey just made that same point. Update good, Heritage maybe not as good. You know, Heritage probably not is not a speculative product. To put those in the What's I mean, up? Yeah. I'm not buying boxes of Prestige to put them in the closet. I oh. mean... There's just That's certain things that there are certain things have, you have you a track that. record over the last few years yeah. of being popular. Prism basketball, prism football, tops update baseball, and what would you say, Steph? Uh, upper deck uh, series one and two. Uh, probably two. Yeah. Probably two. Well, uh, well, one this year. Be, one this year because one they, this year because they pushed, they pushed it back. back. Yes. Right? right. So those those are those are base products that we just talked about. Those are all. Base base sets or cards out there. There's it's not super high end. Uh, that stuff that you know if you're looking to do so. That I'm, I'm telling you, we've talked about this before. The era of the base rookie card is coming back. Whether it's the base rookie card or parallel version of that, that's what the next what collectors are going to as these autographs um, and you know, you know RPAs become so expensive and or questioned their authenticity. You can't fake. I mean, it's really hard now to fake a base card. There's there's right. bad copies out there, and you can pick them out. But that's where I, I believe this hobby is going to come back, and it's going to have a resurgence in those base rookie cards. But uh, I mean, e even at work, to to your point, Tim, I saw today two uh, 2015, 2016 PSA 10s uh, from young the Young Guns line. Uh, uh, amazing looking cards. Uh, two Connor McDavid's and uh, a Pavelski from a few years prior. Um, all PSA tens. 
amazing looking cards, but they're not the signed versions. They weren't the relic versions. They weren't the low number. They were just the plain young guns. Yeah. Think about what the sets that Tim just brought up. Prism, football, basketball, tops update, and upper deck series one and two. What do all of those sets have in common? You've, you've got the silver unsigned in Prism that are hot. You've got the update rookies that are hot. And then you got the young guns that are hot. None of those are autographed cards. No. And those are from a less than a $2,000. I mean, if you're talking about flawless and all, but in your normal product runs, those are the most popular products on the market. I've sold, I've sold probably 90% of my, or sold or traded away 90% of my autographs and relic cards. They were not Azer Giants. I mean, there are maybe even more. I mean, there's just a very small handful of those that I have because I don't get the excitement out of that. I like because because when I was a kid, that's what that's what I collected. I hunted down '87 McGuire's and '80, you know, '87 Bo Jacksons, like crazy when I first started collecting. And then it was '88 was all about you know you wanted to go and get a Mark Grace or a Greg Jeffries or whoever it was the hot guy at the moment. Looking back and, and not being able to afford a Tony Gwynn or a Cal Ripken rookie card, I've gone back now and, and taken the money I've sold those autographs for and bought those cards. Because I enjoy those so much more, uh, and I appreciate them so much more. So, uh, yeah. And Tim, Tim says, uh, Tim, tell Ben how cool the open wax was at the national. In, in in being at like baseball card exchange, and you seeing oh a box of seventy five tops mini, just like it was like it was a, K, a case of it. That I mean, that yeah. was insane to see. Um, were like the six or eight packs of fifty two tops. Oh yeah, it was like yeah, just to see that thing was pretty cool. Um, I want to move on because we have a lot to get to, but I ran a poll today. I only ran for six hours because I wanted to talk about some of the show. He ran a poll. Yes. I was, I'm going through in, in some of my old Topps football sets and I'm uh, collating them and putting on binders. And I said, do you guys still collect Topps football since or football cards since Topps lost its license in 2015? We've had this conversation with a handful of collectors um, over the past year or so uh, about football. Football seems to be um, – very diverse sport to collect professionally. Uh, I was telling the guys before the show, I'm going through some of my old rookie card boxes. And I just, before we did the show, eyeballing it, I took out 150 rookie cards of guys I'd set back in 2012, 13, 14 that I had in top loaders. And I pulled them all out and to put in my quarter boxes for the next show that's coming up because they're gone. There was a, uh, in 2012 tops, uh, football. They had the the, the um, hanger boxes. They all had a rookie relic jersey card in there. Yep. It was like a twenty. It was a twenty five plus thirty player plus set. I went through there. This is nine years ago. Uh, or yeah, right? No, seven years ago. Out of this, from that seven years in that class, I think six of those guys that are in that set still play in NFL today. And a couple of them were very fringe, being on a roster, uh, you know, type guys. It's crazy to me the turnover in this. And so there was 110 people that voted. The, uh, the choices were yes, no, I PC a player, other. Um, other got 9%, PC a player got 9%. Yes had 30, and 52% of people said no. They don't collect top football anymore since Tops lost its license. D. Reynolds, uh, 5294. Uh, Dale. Dale came out and said, if you're not following him, good follow there. Tops losing its license will cause me to stop collecting sports cards. Uh, again, Mike Summer, our buddy, uh, he said other. I've not bought any fo any football sealed wax, but I've added a few random cards to my PC that came in large collections. And at Cardboard Jones, 
That's a great name, by the way. He moved the Donners for his team set. We'll pick up singles from other stuff and players who aren't included in said team set. So he was only collecting the Donner set and then random others. Um, and I kind of like this response. Grab the pack of Phoenix. Uh, last one was at the LCS. Good hits. Don't really care who makes the cards. I just like if I like them. Yeah, and that's fine too. I just, I feel like, um, I, 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 I just, the, the, the way the Panini does it uh, and the way they pack out some of the product is not my, not my favorite where, you know, if, if in a 12 box case, one box has a Kyler Murray autograph. So say he's the one pick this year, right? You can put any number one overall pick in that. Once that Kyler's pulled, that 12 box case, that case is dead. I mean, there's not going to be another Kyler Murray car autograph card like that in the, in the, in the box. In the case. And, and ideally there's some sort of middle ground between that and what tops has had an issue with in the past where, you know, one box will have eight, but the rest won't. Yeah. And I just want to know your thoughts. I know Ben doesn't collect football, but when he got back into collecting, he was all about football, but does, does tops not being there in football cause you to collect football less or no, I, I, I like football and I like football cards. To me, what, are your, what, what, what are your favorite uh, brand or uh, set releases that come out uh, every year? You talked about you talked about the Leaf All American one, right? I like Leaf All American, um, and, and I like that because it's it's not really you, you don't run into a logo issue with that. They own the rights to the All American Bowl cards, and that's what you know. That's what they have, and then they have the collegiate license. Uh, Panini has the collegiate license, so. I like Panini, Panini College cards because, you know, I collect the Georgia Bulldogs with, in their jerseys. But for me, you know, I, I mean, I do wish Tops was there because there's some products that Tops had that I liked. Um, um, I, I liked Upper Deck, I think 2014 or 15, uh, I don't know, their last year. But, um, you know, but I don't not buy them because Panini's the only one making them, just like I don't not buy baseball because Tops is the only one making them. I'm not a I'm not a mark for any of the companies. Um, I like certified. I like uh, Phoenix. I like um, Prism. Obviously, I like Contenders. Your favorites, uh, obviously, I like Chronicles. Optic. I do not like Chronicles <laughs> that much. Um, I don't think a lot of people like enjoy Chronicles. The, the uh, I do like um, Optic, which is but but see you get into this thing where people you know because they're only tops guys. That's your Topps Chrome. Optic is your Topps Chrome, and they just won't collect it because it's not Topps Chrome. That doesn't bother me. I collect the players. Yeah. I, don't, I don't collect to feed Topps or Panini. You know what I'm saying? So, can I ask Joey a question real quick? I, I think it's allowed. allowed. So, when I, when I got back into football card, well, card collecting anyway, around 2010, you know, I was trying to get the wife excited, something we could do together. She preferred football over baseball, that her attention waned. And by 2012, I was pretty much starting to dive, you know, headfirst into my A's PC. And, and, and that was that. But, you know, when we asked this question of you, Joey, because you're such a big college football guy, how much of your football collecting is influenced by the fact it's just an extension of you collecting or, or being passionate about college? It's, it's probably fueled a lot, but I, I, I have always been a football guy. Um, I mean, my my grandfather, when we watched football on Sundays, you know, I, I've always been a football guy. Um, and so, for me, I collected football cards, you know, in, in 87, 86, you know, 
I've, I've always had probably a, a fair 50-50 share of during the year buying football and, and baseball cards. Um, obviously, the, the, the college part of it helps now, but last year's rookie class, I mean, I like Lamar Jackson. I liked, you know, Baker. I mean, that was 2018 rookie class was just unreal. Josh Allen. Um, so just like the, the, any other product for me, rookies drive it. And, and what you're seeing in 2019 is there's not a really deep rookie class. I mean, after Kyler, Tim's right. The, the, the case is, is probably shot because you're not looking for that. I mean, everybody's looking for Baker last year, but you could also find Lamar Jackson. You could also find Josh Allen, you know, this list of guys that you could look for because the, the rookie class was so deep. So, you know, for me, obviously I like to pull Georgia guys, but um, for me, I, I watch football every Sunday. I, I play fantasy football for 15 years. Um, I, I'm, I'm a football fan. And, and so that's and part of it for me. Real quick. Notice that he only named quarterbacks. You know, and, and well, it kind of goes to an ongoing topic. Running backs were right. and Michelle and they're Georgia guys. So I didn't well, yeah, we understand that, but, but running backs, uh, the, the shelf life or their collectability is very small. Receivers is smaller. Tight ends is 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 very 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 small. Defensive players is almost nil. And um, you know that I mean it's really a, if the quarterback class is bad, then it you know look back to 2013 when it was Geno Smith and EJ Manuel, right? Well, uh, so it, not, what, not, and, what what product do I have to open to get long snapper autos? <laughs> so is Dub They're not the perfect leave all American? Dub, <laughs> Dub is he's the perfect example of of that ongoing discussion. Of he's going to want to go get Nick Chubb autos or or other Nick Chubb related, you know, whether they be relics or whatever. He's trying to gather all the Chubbs he can. <laughs> exactly. Look, there's a lot of so, jokes here. So when he goes to get his <laughs> when he goes to get his Chubbs. Wait two or three years because he's still going to be a representative of Georgia, but odds are he's going to be considerably cheaper on the secondary market in two or three years once he's in year four of his career, as opposed to being a rookie. But he wants them now, Ben. But understand, and the thing, and the thing is, to, to Ben's point, look at it. Le'Veon Bell has been one of the top running backs in the NFL. Zeke Elliott the same over the last handful of years, and there you can, and, and even Alvin Kamara. You can go out and pick these guys up for pennies on the dollar compared to any of their quarterback counterparts. Sure. Well, yeah, compared to what they were year one. Year one, mm-hmm. okay, they're you know everybody needed Saquon last year, right? Bar- Barkley was a hot name through and through the products. Well, this year now he's he's injured, and, and he's had kind of a, a bad couple of weeks. And I, I, I don't know off the top of my, my head what his market is, but going based off of what our friend Doug said over at uh, Mojo, buy these guys year two, year three, year four, because as Dub just said with, oh, everybody wants Baker in this this hot quarterback class with Allen and Rosen, um, you know, and, and Jackson. Okay, well, you're not naming running backs. You're not naming receivers. Anybody that's not a quarterback, if you – really want that player if he's your guy because he was part of your college team wait a couple of years put him on your your want list because you're going to be able to buy so much more of that player you're going to be able to buy three or four autos for the price of one by waiting two seasons it works for you quarterbacks know. too though 
It it it, it, it can't. It, it can't. RG three. It can. I mean, there's a lot but, of I mean, quarterbacks that come out hot and they just they they just fizzle in the NFL. I mean, Brock Osweiler comes to mind. I mean, the dude's stuff was selling for fifty, sixty bucks, and and he, you know, he's an insurance agent now. Well, yeah, I mean, look at look at even you know guys like Daniel Jones who was hot that first week because he had such a great game against Tampa, and then he's kind of dropped back a little well, bit. Look at, well, look at Baker yeah. Mayfield. I mean, he's had a, yeah. a, not a great season. His prices have come down a, a little bit, but enough. Hey, if you if you want to think that he really can make it, make a go of it, and even though it's during the season and people are, are running scared, hey, maybe this is the time to to go up and, and get a couple. But I just thought uh, you know it's interesting he brought up all quarterbacks. Um, we were talking about this last week, but we didn't have time. So our buddy at Booby Nane, uh, Robbie, put out Hall of Flamers and flagship. Don't get, and this is going to tie into our next topic. Don't even get me started about how much I wish there was subset in series two or three, which is update uh, for each year's Hall of Fame class. Yeah, like what the hell? Why isn't there, uh, you know, a handful of cards set aside for the Hall of Famers that go in and every right? You're not telling me. If I'm not mistaken, it's um, 2011, 2011 or 2012, where um, the the Burt Blylevin class, where. the series two cards had legend parallels of the Hall of Fame inductees, and that was a great touch. I liked it. I don't necessarily agree that they were short printed. They don't need to be, and that's the thing. Like, really, we can't have them. Yeah, what a better way to celebrate your player or you know uh, just someone's career by having them available to everybody. There's room for it, too, because there's a, a Pete Alonzo rookie. There's a Pete Alonzo rookie debut. There's a Pete Alonzo all-star game card. There's a Pete Alonzo oh, home run, home run card. card. I mean, there's, Pete Alonzo's first poop in a Major League Stadium card. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that was a tops now. You know, for all of the Vlad Guerrero rookie uh, cards this year, uh, the, the, the Twins, Luis Arias finished higher in the rookie of the year balloting. Well, that makes it even more collectible. Less cut, cut, cut those in half and issue Hall of Fame cards. Make it an insert set. Hell. Well, there are yeah, that, inserts of Hall of Famers now. That I guess the 150 or the All-Century yes, or something. Some of those are. And, you know, but it should be specu- an every-year thing, not just a, let's celebrate this one Hall of Famer. Speculators want rookie cards, and that's what this hobby is is geared towards. Unfortunately, because there's a big market for it that Tops is missing. But the bottom line is, they sell all their products regardless. So why, why should they pivot? Yeah, that might be my question at next Tops Q and A. I'm not going to burn my question on asking about Santa. Yes, uh, <laughs> so it, it ties into the modern era uh, ballot for the Hall of Fame. Now, you, I just want yes or no answers. When I say the name, I don't want a dissertation. Uh, because we're running long here, and there's a few names on here. Um, I'm gonna hit. So yes or no? Should are the when you hear this name, is this pl- is this person a Hall of Famer? Dwight Evans. No. Yeah. Uh, why don't we go around in, a, in an order so that we know who's gonna answer? If you want to go yeah. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So Doug can go first. We'll go Dub, Ben, and then Steph. Sure. Dwight Evans. No. Ben. No. No. Steph. Nope. Nope. Steve Garvey. Dub. Mm. See, when no. you're thinking about it. No. See, okay, Ben. I, no. 
Steph. Mm, no. Tommy John. Yes. I yes. Would go with Tommy John. Yes. Steph. Not so much as a player, but yes. The surgery. Yeah. He has, the surgery he has gets a major in all. Named after him. Yeah. Uh, Don Matting. Well, then, then um, you know, uh, the, the doctor needs to be in there too. But uh, Tom, uh, Don Matting. I would say on the surface, yes, for Matting. Absolutely not. No. Yeah, I, I feel no, like I'm a dub on this. Uh, I think, he was I great. Mean, he was great. He wasn't good. Uh, Marvin Miller from the Players Association. Great. He wasn't good. I, I can explain. If don't we have, have time. A, we don't, no, we don't have time tonight. We still have a couple things that uh, Doug brought up that I want to talk about. So Marvin Miller from the Players Association. Under the uh, builders or whatever they, the found yeah. founders. Uh, Honestly, don't know enough about it, uh, Marvin Miller, to, to answer. Can I have 20 spec? I'll take Dub's time. Yeah. As a fan, absolutely. He deserves it because of what he did. But if there's an article on The Athletic right now, and if you go read the article, uh, he does not want to be in the Hall of Fame. I know he passed away a couple of years ago, but he said, do not ever put me in the Hall of Fame. So let's respect his wishes. Okay. I ran long. Yeah. Uh, Thurman Munson, we talked about him in Tops Living. Dub. I, again, I would probably say yes on this, then this ballot. Yeah. No. Um, Steph. With everything that goes along with it, yes. Yeah, he's in. Dale Murphy. He yeah. should be in already. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, Don't even get me started on Fred McGriff. I, I would have to say no. The best the, the best no possible. He's a yeah. yes. He was the best player of his, of his decade in the National League. He was great, but he was not good. Uh, Dave Parker, the Cobra. I say yes on the Cobra. Yes. I can make arguments, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of confusing me. Ted Simmons. No. Yes. Needs The, the Hall needs better catching uh, classifications. Thurman. I would say yes. Yeah. M- uh, M- Munson, just, I, he, he was 32 when he died. But Kirby Puckett got in. Yeah. Well, Kirby Ted Puckett's Simmons. not a Hall of Famer. Ted Simmons is yes. Same functional. Sour Lou Whitaker. Is anyone going to say no? I'm going yeah on Lou. I'm going to say no. Yes, yes, yes. So He was two two and a half times the player that Harold Baines was. Well, Harold Baines shouldn't be in any way. Well. I'm going to give him that all. Okay. Collector fatigue. So Dub wanted to talk about, I asked him and said, hey, what's a couple things you want to talk about? And, uh. We have the big one for the end. We always kind of try to save the big topic. I know we're rolling along tonight, but I don't care. Dub's here. But when you have a, when you have an all star, Hall of Famer in the building, uh, like you do, Dub, uh, you go you go long. You don't care. I so mean, I mean he's kind of the Harold Baines of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Dale Murphy. I'm the best note. He, he's the, he's the, he's really good and consistent, but he's just kind of. Eh. Well, you are the Kevin Minch of the show, so. Um, <laughs> All the so so Dub said um, all of the products that are getting he doesn't you said you didn't have really collector fatigue but or you get you kind of have it you're not you're not slowing your collecting down but you feel like you feel that fatigue because of all the products that are thrown at us that with the fact that we're having five six releases a week the saturation isn't the same um, as it was in the junk wax junk wax era but 
you know, you said there's a bil billion 90 donuts. And now it's a billion cards, but under a veil of different products. I agree with you there. And then you also talked about all of the, the online stuff um, that, that we're getting shoved down the earth, right? You have all these on-demand and uh, live and update living and yada, yada, online exclusive sets. So let's little talk a little bit about that and, and the collective fatigue that, uh, that you're feeling. Uh, it, for me, hang on one second. Sorry. Sorry. Um, no yeah, for me, it's, it's just, I don't know if it's the season of life that I'm in. I have a 12 year old and a five year old and we're, we're constantly, we're in ballet, we're doing horse lessons, we're doing FFA, you know, but I, I mean, the, the amount of products that, that are, that are hitting, I mean, you guys do it every week when you list the products that are released. I mean, you mentioned there's three flawless products coming out in a two to three week span. I mean, take the re take take the things that we've already talked about. The retail, you know, rush. Everybody wants Topps Chrome update, and then the holiday comes out. Oh, I gotta find that, and then you know, hoops comes out. Oh, I gotta get hoops because Zion's out there. I mean, it's it's it is just one after another, just constantly bang, 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 and and I don't know that the quality. I, I mean, it, it is. It's, it's certainly quantity or quality, in my opinion. There's a there's a few sets we can do without, but I just can't keep up. I mean, I, I cannot keep all up. of them. <laughs> I cannot keep up with with the releases. I'm a guy who who likes to build a set or two. You know, um, I know that set set building is is a is a is a thing of the past for a lot of people, um, and I'm not really a flagship guy. Um, I haven't liked the the design over the last few years. Like I mentioned before, I'm a border border guy, but I like you know heritage. I like you know prism for football to build that you know. But it, it's just, I mean, I, I it's it's forty. I know that, and this is not a new thing, but it, it's really hit me, I guess, recently with with the with the with the mad rush of things that, and maybe it's Twitter. Maybe it's you know every time you turn around, somebody's popping stuff up that they just bought and you're like that's come out <laughs> and it's well, like and, and i can only imagine it's that much worse in that you know unlike me or ben uh for the most part you don't just collect one sport or a sport and a half right you and collect I mean, I, prism you collect football collect you collect baseball and baseball heavily but i do right. collect some basketball too i mean but yeah i mean with football and baseball this time of year especially you know, mm -hmm. they're still pumping out a few baseball products, but they're really hitting the football products heavy. Basketball's coming out. It's it's just uh, having to pick and choose what you can and can't pick up. Um, you really have to kind of um, focus in on what, what exactly you want. And that changes from year to year for me because really because of designs and, and checklists, it, it yeah. changes from year to year. Well, we, we, um, you're so talking the checklist might influence uh, your purchasing. Mm, perhaps um, <laughs> we were talking before the show and, and as I'm trying to clean up my, my card room and as you can see the mountain of boxes behind me is, is lowering which is great my wife's happy but I'm going through and it's like I was talking to these guys it's like you know I, I'm a set builder and I build flagship every year uh, because I, I like doing it something I did as a kid it's something I've gotten back into and it, it's fun for me you know sometimes I'm not happy with the design but sometimes the things are just a habit and, you know, there's only certain 
there's so much product that's released every year. And, uh, you know, I like collecting like the Giants and the Royals and I don't run down every set like Ben does. If I come across it, yeah, awesome. Or if I'm making trades with somebody, bring them on, you know, um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm trying to trying to do that. Uh, but I'm not actively every, you know, really just trying to chase those down. I've come down to the fact that in I'm collecting mostly baseball, right? Uh, I'm collecting flagship and I'm, I'm doing heritage sets. I'm usually buying the heritage sets just complete and then working on the short prints on, on the side. Uh, I've completely really cl- quit collecting basketball or football just because um, it, it, collecting football wasn't as in the last, even in when I was collecting it heavily, wasn't really fun. And so I've kind of said, hey, I'm only going to collect the, the tops flagship sets from, from 80 through 2015. Um, and then, you know, I pick, I pick up rookies sparingly. Like I picked up a couple of Lamar Jackson rookie cards last year because I drafted him on my, 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 um, my dynasty team. Cause I liked Lamar Jackson and I bought, I always buy cards of guys. I draft on my fan, on my, on my dynasty team. You know, it's a team we have for a long time and I think they're going to be good young rookies. I have Dick Chubb on that team. Come on, Dick Chubb. Um, but in, in basketball, I, I haven't really collected because the, the I, you know, I got away from collecting when I came back, I was excited, but lately I've had some fun collecting prism basketball rookie cards. Uh, that's been fun for me, just picking up singles here and there and uh, opening a, a handful of retail packs. But, yeah, there's so much, and it's like it's released. I don't understand how people that are that are buying every week, like going out and buying the newest products. I see at the LCS the guys are always opening the newest stuff, and it's like what do you do with all of, all of this stuff? And they're like most right. of it sits in a box, and I have no idea what I have, or they just dump everything that they don't want there. Uh, and they walk away with two or three cards, but they spent three grand. Reminds me of that uh, George Carlin skit about stuff. Yes. Where uh, you start off with a certain amount of stuff, and then you need a place to put your stuff. So you buy a place to put your stuff, and then you need more place, more room to put your stuff. So you buy a storage unit, in which case that fills up. And then you need more place to put your stuff, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I mean, take just your average collector on a budget. And, and and this it takes forty bucks to a stocked target. You know they've got to decide on that forty bucks. Are they buying blasters of prison football? And if they collect everything, prison football, hoops, basketball, prison draft picks, basketball, tops Chrome update, tops Chrome, top series two. I mean tops update nine Chrome. I mean upper deck at series one. Well, yeah, I mean what do you buy? And and, and I know that that's probably more a me problem than than a than a no, hobby problem but, but it, because I, I collect a lot of stuff but you're and you're I an average i would say you look at all we're all variations of the same collector sure the all, all all four of us are very and i feel like most of the people that we've had on this show except for maybe jimmy he seems he's all about higher in collector than the rest of us but we're all that mid-tier collector where we like to there's certain things we like to collect but we're smart with what we, how we collect it, and what we're spending. We're not just running down and just going, okay, like, hey, I'm going to take the the car mat and the credit card, and okay, I'm just going to go and max that thing out and buy a bunch of blasters. And we we kind of planned out what we're looking for. And we're we understand what that return is and what what you need to do. And it, it to me, I yeah, it's there's days where I go where like I just have had too much card stuff and like I just can't think or deal with it. Yeah, um, because it's like. 
like that's all I end up that's all of who I am and it's not. Um and all the stuff that comes out and to me it's like when we talk about these sets, I feel like you know, we talk about some of the releases. I feel like it, I could just change. All I'd have to do is change the name. Yeah. Well, and, and to your point, you, you know, I, I agree a hundred percent, Tim. Um, you know, especially working in the industry, the amount of cards that I see on a daily basis, not even of my own collection, let alone, you know, rich or someone else chiming in and saying, Hey, Oh, did you know, by the way, this card from 1959 now has a new variation that people have noticed because, and I'm, about to screen share here. Uh, so, for example, 1959 tops Vito Valentinetti, which, by the way, great name. Um, but they noticed that there's a version that doesn't have the semicolon on it. Next to home semicolon Bronx, New York. Home blank space Bronx, New York. Well, now I need another. Which is what I was going to say was that I think what helps with that is having a clear, defined purpose and a focus, which is another thing that uh, our buddy goes, goes back pages says, is that having a clear focus on what you want to collect, adding things is fine. Buying the, something that's outside of your focus is fine, but having that clear focus of what you want to aim for and what it, what your goal for the year is and hitting it, or close, or don't, is... Um, can definitely help in that. Well, and the, and the thing is, is when you get back into the hobby, like I did, and I know, like, I feel like probably Ben felt this way, is that you kind of had to find what your defined focus was going to be. And it took two or three years to kind of get there. Sure. And then it's like, okay, this is what it's going to be. And, this, and I even read every, I feel like every month or so I fine tune it. And like I was telling the guys before the show, I've decided everything that I'm going to, to keep. Um, are going to be the rookie cards. The first Bowman cards, the rookie cards, uh, the you know the first prospect card of a guy, whatever sport it happens to be. Uh, and then like the second or third year cards, you know, if I do a show or I'm going to do trades, those are all up for grabs. Because it's like, do I really need Garrett Cole's sixth year card? I already have it in my flagship set. But do I really need that one just because he's an all-star? It's like, no. Like that, well, that after card, this week's revelations, no, you probably don't. Yeah, but this card can go away and I'll be fine with it. Sure. Um, and you know, puts a quarter in my pocket or whatever to go and to take that and, and buy a Royals card that I want or whatever it happens to be. Um, but it's check, check the last comment in the chat. Well, that even when you have a focus, um, now when you start throwing in all this online stuff, I, I'm, I'm in a Braves group on Facebook. I don't do a lot of Facebook, but I'm in a I'm in a Braves group, but. There's a Tops Now card out today. There's a Tops Living set coming out next week. There's a Panini Instant of a Falcon player. There's a something coming out in a Montgomery set. There's something coming out in Tops Total. And you're like, if even if you're like a team guy, it's like, how do I? <laughs> I mean, I know Ben and, and you maybe, Tim, are more team guys, um, you know, A's and Royals, but I mean, you can't, you literally can't have all of it. No, and, no, you and can't. And, and part I of ask, the collection is you like to complete it. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, so Ben's probably the, got one of the most complete team focused sets I've heard of. Mike Gallego? Yeah, I mean, just, just like about the way, but the way he goes about it, though, right? I mean, he has this list and he works it. Uh, and, but Ben, how did, like, really quick, like, how do you feel about this with all these on demand sets? In all these uh, those those unannounced releases that come out, 
and trying to run down. Like, are you? Did you run down a, a five eighty two Montgomery team set? Yeah, I did on last last week's show. I, I bought it while we were on air. So no, take right. du- take Dub's point about being at a fully stocked Target, and then just think I'm just going to collect one team because that's how I look at it, right? I'm standing at Target and I have. You know, I have high tech that just came out, but I have triple threads that just came out before that. And then I have so and so, you know, on and on. But the problem is now you have living and you have tops now and you have throwback Thursday and you have all of these on demand sets. And then the other problem as a team collector is. To, so, so we're going to take Dub's point and, and it's not upper deck series one and tops Chrome and prism and so on and so forth. It's, I'm looking at triple threads and there's four base cards of the A's. Do I get just the base cards, the four of them and move on? Because I'd really like the green parallels, but now there's four green parallels I have to chase and then four Amber parallels and four Citrine and Onyx and so on and so forth, because now I got high tech and I haven't looked at the checklist yet. So I have no idea how many A's cards there are. How many parallels do you get? Because once you get one, don't you have to get the other three or four as well? There's because a as a team jersey, there's a yellow wall yeah. green, there's one throwing yeah. a snowball. <laughs> you know, it, it as a team collector, that's how you start to think. It's like with the Panini Prism, I was just going to collect a bunch of Matt Chapman's. Well, and then lo and behold, I end up buying a, a lot from somebody, and I end up getting a handful of the Reds. And there was ten guys in the base set, or twelve guys, I believe. And I ended up, I had already bought three or four. I bought Chapman, Olson, and Davis. And the next thing I know, now I've got. I've got nine of the 12. I got to get the other three. That was a parallel set I hadn't planned on buying. There's but three A's in high tech, by the way. How many A's? Three. So that means you need, 78, that means you need 76 cards. Is McGuire one of them? No. Uh, Davis, Chapman, Henderson, uh, three autos, Trenian, Henderson, and Bolt, and one insert number to 99. Thank God. Thank God. I Phil, think you, you mentioned I, one time, Ben, it might have been on the show or it might have been on Twitter. It was some set that came out this year where McGuire was a cardinal, and you said, "Thank God, right. I don't have to, I don't have to chase yeah. down all of his A's cards." I, I get what you're saying, but how how backwards is it to to think have to think that way? You Amen. It's like I like McGuire. Thank God he's not in an A's jersey, so I don't have yeah. to chase. That's that just speaks to how much is out or, there. Or like like okay, so in an update, you pulled the George Brett short print. And you sent it to me. You said, hey, I'm, I'm going to mail it out to you, which was awesome and, and very thankful. I was just thankful that it wasn't a super short print. Right. Because then it goes from, you know, Dub, Dub sends it to me or I go buy it online for a couple bucks. And then it becomes like uh, a $75 card. Right. And do, right. I just buy, do I just buy one for my Royals team set or do I have to buy two for my Royals team set and now my George Brett PC? I'm trying to get at least one of every one of his cards, and it, and like I like on my Brett PC, I've decided I'm not including autographs or relics or any of the parallels. If I get them, awesome. It's just the base version. And right now, I'm only working on his playing years because he has five times the amount of cards from 1990. Mm-hmm. If you include 94, which he didn't play, he was he was retired. But if you if you can say from 95 to now. Like five times the amount of cards he did during his twenty-year playing career, and the man was an all-star for like thirteen of those years. Yeah, won batting titles in three decades. I mean, he has a lot of cards when he played. 
but it's five times since he, he retired. And, and real quick, to Dub's point, referencing my point that I had made, I, I think on both the show and on Twitter, I know I made on Twitter, and it was Alan Ginter is what the set it was. Um, when you start thinking, I hope that they're not making a lot, or thank God they only made X amount of cards, or thank God they made my favorite player in the wrong team for how I collect. That way I don't have to pursue them. I think the whole purpose of this this portion of the show is when you really start to think, should I even be collecting this way or should I be collecting at all? And that's where that collector fatigue comes in is at what point do you start drawing the line? Like if they're going to make all this stuff, basically what they're telling me is they don't want me to collect it anymore. I have better things to do with my time. And really quick before we move on, we have one final topic tonight. I know we're, I know we're running long, but is that it came to, to fruition this year with Panini prism and the parallels and baseball. There's 45, was it 43 or 45 prism parallels to the base cards? And probably half of them aren't numbered. Yeah. I, I and mean, then half, half that in the autos, because I think there was a stupid amount of autos, and they even had certain auto parallels in prism that were numbered exactly the same. And, and, that, and, to, and to me right there, that's under that veil of, okay, hey, we're not, it's only a 200-card set or whatever. That tells me how much they actually make of that where they had to make that many parallel colors. Right. And how many parallels of those are like, you know, those 45, I think 20 of them are like retail or uh, yeah. only at a different retail products and only 20 in the hot. And so it's like, oh, good Lord, like really how much is actually out there? Run the presses. Yeah. And how, I mean, how many one of ones do you have to have of one player in a set? Our, our friend Chris Young, who who collects is super collects one. Right. Ramon Laureano and has built massive rainbows of Laureano, uh, said of Panini Immaculate that there was forty three Ramon Laureano one of ones. How valuable is a one of one if there's forty three different ones? It's not, it, you know, it's and not. that's for one product of one player. I mean, it, I, I find it cute when you get a jersey number of a guy, but I'm not going to hunt that down. But if you pull it, I, that's cool. Sure. You know, uh, if you pull the one on one, that's cool. But to have 45 of one guy, it's, it's I, just at that point, it's like, who cares? In, you know, Tim, that you know, 90 dollars they made a billion Ron mm-hmm. Gans. They're going to make a billion Zion Williamson's this, this oh, year. Oh, yeah. Well, they're going to be in draft. We, they're going to be in contenders. They're going to be in hoops. They're going to be in, you know, it's it's still. We talk- we talked about that when we, we, we show we talked about that video a few weeks back where the guy was uh, busted was gonna bust a case of blasters of, of collegiate draft picks, um, contenders draft picks. Yeah. And he said that he, that he bought it was a forty case blaster and they opened twenty of them. Him and his son stopped because they were supposed to be guaranteed an auto in every box. And half the boxes had points and half the point half the boxes had autos. But the fact is they pulled a Zion base car out of if at least one out of every blaster. So how many of those Zions were made if these, all these blasters all had a Zion card in them? Mm-hmm. Plus then they had a hobby release. So it's crazy. The last thing is how are we going to price all this stuff? Um, so how useful is a price guide? It was kind of a, a general thing here. And, and, you know, Doug contributes to Beckett. I mean, I, we've all throughout our whole lives have used, uh, you know the magazine Beckett as a, as a price guide to help us when we, were, we before we had the internet we had other ways to get pricing information. Yep. But general thoughts on, on on a new collector or a returning collector, 
Uh, Deb, what do you think they should buy or use a, a, a pricing guide or a magazine to be able to help them uh, when coming back to the hobby or hopping into the hobby for the first time? I mean, if you're, I feel like if you're buying and selling cards, if you're buy, if you're looking to buy a card, an individual card, you clearly you want to look at the comps, you want to look at eBay, you want to see whatever everything I sold for. Where I use the price guide is is when. I mean, I've showed you boxes here of 90 Fleer and, and 94 Select. Those prices aren't changing every month. Those prices are what they are, uh, and, and, and they've been that way for six months, eight months, a year, two years, whatever. What I, what I typically use the Beckett for is, is because I still read the articles, guys. Um, I only you know, read the articles. That's why I posted, I still, last, I posted I last week look. I read it, the magazine for the articles. Yeah, I still look at some of the pricing from the nineties and I'm like, I may see a card that's like, wow, I didn't know that thing had gone up because I'm not looking at those individually on eBay. Right. But if you're selling a card or if you're fixing to buy a card, then, then you don't go to a, a magazine to do that. I agree with that. You go to eBay and you look at, at what one sold for yesterday and what one is bid on now that is going to sell for. And that's what you use to price your items. Um, but I still see a lot of merit in in having a price a pricing list of all 700 cards that you can look at in a set if you're a set builder or if you have sets on hand or if you've got these old vintage I say vintage now but old boxes that you want to you know open packs I don't have to go to eBay and look up what a 1994 you know, hoops card is selling for. I can, but I can also look at, at the whole set and in, in, in a bucket and see what because it it's outdated information. I get it, but it's also just thirty days old. I mean, so if you're if you're not collecting something that is changing every day, like like a Lamar Jackson card because he had a good game on Sunday, or a, a, a you know, Vlad Guerrero Jr. because he you know made it to the finals in the home run derby yesterday. You know, prices that are fluid and changing daily, it's it's not the way to go. But I still use it for because I collect a lot of stuff that is not fluid anymore. Right. <laughs> um, right. And that's that's Stuck. my that's what I collect. And yeah. and so it's easier for me if I've got a Beckett laying here, which I usually always do, when I'm opening these boxes, to have that page open and, and look at those as I'm opening that box, as opposed to looking up every individual card on ebay but again if i'm selling if i'm gonna sell a jordan that i pull from this 90 fleer i'm still gonna look it up on ebay because i want to see what one most recently sold for so i draw a line between buying and selling and what i do with cataloging cards when i decide i could show you the box that my camera's sitting on but it's my braves box i have loose cards in a box in the box then I have cards in a, in a penny sleeve, um, and then I have cards in top loaders. And I put those in those things based on what they're valued at. And so, you know, I've got I've got 86 tops Dale Murphy's in there that the price hadn't changed in three years on that card. So, you know, that's, Still 10, that's the way. Still $10 a piece. Yeah, I mean, that's the way I see it. It is easier for me to use it when I'm doing cataloging than looking up card after card after card after card on eBay. That's probably the. I'm, I'm going to say that's the smartest answer. 
the smartest answer I think I've heard on this topic uh, that uh, you understand both sides of the view, but uh, how it's relevant in today's time. I mean, you knocked this out. We were going to talk about like how would an experienced collector use it? I mean, yeah, I think you're an experienced collector and how would any of us, you know, uh, use outside of the articles that you, you kind of covered all that. So, I mean, I, I, one, I love it. Uh, you know, I pick one up occasionally uh, because some, I knew somebody that one had an article in it. Two, somebody had an article about them in it, uh, or three, that they had their first cover. Uh, they yeah. took a photo of their first cover. I have all those uh, sitting over here. Um, and Or there's a great story. Uh, was it, Right when we first started doing the show, uh, there was a great article on the best cards from the Junk Wax era. I think they're not there. It talked about, and it's gone through, and it's like, okay, now I'm going to collect all of these cards because these are all the cards I couldn't touch as a kid. Now I can go buy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. for a discounted price and I get to enjoy them and see them. So I just want to say, I mean, that was, I, I, I understand your point there. And, you know, it's, it's still, uh, I think it, it's still, it takes us back to a foundational point of the hobby of where we all kind of started from and gives us a reference point of where things were. And I, and I like your, your point looking back on older sets and older cards. Yeah. Because there's not much fluctuation unless the guy makes the hall of fame or goes to prison for, uh, you know, Crimes, right? So, well, and the and the only thing that I would add, because for the most part, I agree exactly with Dub's assessment, is that much like the screenshot that I just shared, the pricing books, especially the uh, standard catalogs that used to come out, are great for the descriptions. Um, and you know, I used to pick one up every like five years or so because for the most part, the information stays the same, but you'll get the occasional new set included as well. But I also want, went back and picked up one from like 20, 30 years ago when you guys first started out because it had some of the more detailed stuff that publishing cut out some of the pages here or there. So between the most current five years ago and 20, 30 years ago, I have a pretty good gauge of what's available, what has been available. And, you know, it came in handy today because someone asked, well, these... Um, E125 American caramel cards, how were they distributed? Do we, do we know anything about them? Well, I took the screenshot or well, took a picture on my phone of the little blurb, and there you go. Nobody knows is the answer. But for research purposes, for um, descriptions, uh, sometimes they'll describe what the card looks like. Comes in handy. Yeah. What? I don't work for Beckett. I write sure. for them occasionally, and so, but I'm not an employee of that company, and I really have nothing to gain or lose from taking a, a stand, a, a side, or whatever. I read Beckett in 2018 before I started writing for them. I, you know, I I see personal value in it, um, and we go back to you know, the argument before about Tim keeping a blaster and, and being thinking that you shouldn't keep a blaster or whatever. I mean, everybody has things that they use and, and tools that they that they use and use them in the way they use them. I mean, again, I, I know the difference in selling a card and, and cataloging a set, you know, but mm -hmm. it, it's, I, I know it's more than 140 character discussion for me. And so I, when I see somebody post, you know, the Beckett price guy sucks. Well, it's not that easy. You know, it's not that right. simple. 
Um, it, if, if, if you're selling a card, you know, today and, and somebody pulls out a Beckett, yeah, there, there might be an issue with that. But blanket statement, no, that's not yeah. accurate. And, and really quick, um, uh, we're going to pull back the curtain. A little surprise, but next week we're going to have uh, Mike Summer on. And we're also going to have uh, uh, Bo Thompson on. And um, he put out a tweet that he had somebody that he made a trade with. And, and normally when he's making his trade for his Cubs, you know, I've done deals with them before. We've done card for card or, or just, hey, I'm going to send you all my Cubs I have. And he's like, okay, I'll send you all the Royals that I have. And I'm good with that. That's how we do our deals. He had somebody went back to him and said, hey, our dollars for what I sent you and what you sent me don't match up. And we're talking, you know, he's like, hey, it was the 89 Jerome Waltons, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's just like. 89 of them? Yeah. It's like, hey, I, I, I don't understand that. Um yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Real quick, Tim, Tim's been on the show quite a bit tonight, but he said, "Hey, I saw Walker Bueller's dad this week, and he has created a spreadsheet for every one of his son's cards to collect. And you would not believe how many, how enormous it was. And he's only been in the major leagues for three years. Unfortunately, we can believe it, and that's the hard yeah. part. Is it wouldn't matter how big of an Excel spreadsheet that is, right? We would believe it because we're collectors." And we've been there to some degree, and it's asinine. It's it's downright pathetic when you think about it. I, I do not have any or, any envy for that man trying to do what he wants to do. Who wouldn't want to collect their kids' cards? That's awesome. Yeah, and by the way, that kid. If you guys haven't watched him, I hate the Dodgers. I really do. I am scared to death of what this kid's going to be able to do in the in, in baseball, and then over the next five to seven years of his career. Mm-hmm. Speaking, speaking you, of him, he is a kid to watch. He's um, he's gonna be have a, if he stays healthy. I mean, if any of these players stay healthy, he is going to be a very, very important player for the Dodgers. Speaking of Walker Bueller, there's a cool video I saw on YouTube the other day. Uh, I don't know if it was on GQ's YouTube page or Wired's YouTube page, but it was Justin Turner, Walker Bueller, and Jock Peterson, and they were watching. Uh, a few video clips from different baseball movies mm-hmm. and they were assessing as how real they are. Um, it, it was really neat. So if, if you just kind of type in something to that effect, uh, it's probably wired or GQ and it's like a seven or eight minute sure, video. Are we sure it was a Maxim? It might've been Maxim. Anyway, you know how they do those. They, a lot of those they're, they're doing like, you know, they get like an expert now to, to watch, you know, legal scenes to tell you how real they are. Or they'll get somebody to break down their, their most famous scenes uh, in, in their roles. Um, but I thought that was kind of cool to have the three Dodgers on there kind of picking apart, you know, the pitching and the batting and how real something like that would be compared to what they know. And uh, it was kind of a fun little watch. As you saw, Steph, Steph said he's got nine, He's got 1,185 cards per back. Yeah. It's done. 1,985, 347 memorabilia cards, 34 quote-unquote rookies, 616 autographs, and 1,541 serial number cards. I don't know necessarily if those overlap or not, but that's their uh, stats zone section for Walker Bueller. And, and, and real quick, I want to bring it up. We talk about how these guys have a cards forever. The, the guy that was – Taiwan Walker was with the Mariners – he had prospect cards for like five, six years before he came up. Yeah. Like, I, I believe that they, 
you need to have a, a first prospect card, and then you don't have another one until you debut. Like, anyway, it's just a whole other story. Yeah, I mean, it, Miguel Sano was featured in products from like 2009 all the way up to 2013, 14 before he made his debut. Yeah. You know how many cards I had to quote unquote chase? Yeah, uh, I gave up at well, as we leave, any final thoughts, Dubs, and you are guests, and, I, and we really appreciate you staying up late with us. Uh, it's wonderful yeah. to have you on the show. Appreciate what do you, you guys. I, I always appreciate having the opportunity to be on. I watch and listen when I, I watch when I can, but as you know, it's 11 o'clock here when it starts, so sometimes I can't make it through the whole show, but I do listen. I download it and listen and, and enjoy what you guys do. Um, I, and so I, I always appreciate, and it's an honor for me to be on. Um, I do have two things to close with. Uh, mentioned that um, Bueller has 1,900 cards. Um, I collect, I, I, I PC a guy who wore number five for the Atlanta Braves. I'm not allowed to say his name. According to Trading Card Database, he has 916 cards and he played for about 15 years. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was an all star. So that gives times. you an idea. He was a 30 30 guy. I mean, that gives you an idea of how many cards are being printed today. And then secondly, we're talking about read material. My current read material right now, guys, is the 1989 complete (laughs) book of baseball cards. This thing is awesome. I found it at a thrift shop. I remember reading it when I was a kid. But it's got – it's backwards. It's got all the cards except upper deck. But then it's got some stats. It's got some background info. Oh, that's cool. It's like the cards. But it's got every player – it was printed in 1989. I might have to go dig mine out of the garage. Four. It's got 2,000 cards in it. Um, That's awesome. It did not include upper deck that year. But, again, guys, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you giving So where can we where form. can we let everybody know where we can find you and, and consume your amazing work? Um, my uh, personal blog is uh, dubmentality.com. Um, my, I do uh, weekly card shop interviews uh, with card shop owners. Uh they're, they rotate weeks. One week is a U.S. shop. The next week is a Canadian shop. That's with Beckett. That is online only. Um, you can find it on their website. And also, uh, they share it on Twitter and Facebook. And then my monthly Junk Wax article rotates. I do a football one. I do baseball. The ones that I do, I think, all show up in the sport card collector, the the, the you know the main magazine for all, all sports. But they will show up in the baseball and football backets as well. Um, and, th- and then if you're interested in Georgia, um, I-, I write for them at dawnofthedog.com, and that's D-A-W-G, the only way to spell dog. Um, but um, you can find all, all, of, all of my stuff there. I'm on uh, Twitter, Dub Mentality, and I share most of that stuff there. Um, so, um, again, I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to be here and uh, – well, well, you know, anytime the the, the the door is wide open, just don't let it hit you on the way in or the way out. Um, to your first point, how many cards do you say your person that you can't mention had? Well, uh, according to Trading Card Database, nine sixteen. So the person that I can't mention actually has about three hundred, four hundred less, five eighty seven. But well, that's his, that was his played, playing weight, though. Played more yeah, he, he was twice the man the other one was. <laughs> so he that only deserves his, half the cards. Was, that was his playing weight. Um, remember, we're live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Can I throw one thing out real quick? Uh, our friend Tony at Tony's Hobby Vault uh, sent me a little care package this week. Had a couple cool cards, including a uh, Class 1 black parallel of Ricky Henderson from uh, Gold Label. So 
Uh, I'll, I'll be shooting him out a, uh, uh, a tweet tomorrow thanking him for that. It came earlier in the week, and I, I just opened it tonight. So thank you, Tony. And I threw his link in chat earlier. Um, one additional uh, programming note. I won't be here next week. Oh. I've got friends flying in from Miami and Atlanta. So it's appointment so, listening because you won't have to hear Steph. Indeed. Nice. I, I mean, I'm only giving you guys what you want. All right. Like I said, we're live every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Pacific on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe and review on all, all uh, subscribe and review on all our show on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at about the cards. Follow Ben at our trading cards. Follow Steph at Junk Wax Wins. You can always follow me at Big Ship Seventy Nine. I will be a little quiet as uh, Saturday. Uh, my daughter will be here, and um, I'm not going to miss a show. I'll be here next next week. Uh, I might look more haggard and old and tired than I actually am right now. Uh, but we're very excited, so uh, I will keep you all posted. But, uh, yeah, we're going to have a uh, little assistance next week with Mike and Bo hanging out. The Midwest Bureau boys are coming to, to hang out with us, so we'll talk uh, all things Cubs in Illinois, right, Chicago. So uh, make sure you share your hobby stories, great polls, and send your questions our way. And uh, keep collecting. We'll talk to you guys all next week. See you. Roll Tide. See you guys then. Worry.